Don't ever laugh as a hearse goes by, for you may be the next to die. They wrap you up in bloody sheets to drop you six feet underneath. They Tonight, on the Midnight Train Podcast, we're taking the train to the land of Taylor Ham, Atlantic City and Switchblade wielding raccoons. Yes, it's the Garden State, New Jersey. What kind of creepiness will we uncover there? Warning, listener discretion is advised. You big babies, all aboard. They eat your eyes, they eat your nose as you begin to decompose a slimy beetle with demons. Hello, passengers, and welcome to the Midnight Train Podcast, where we bring the dark to light. What's that mean? Well, we make fun of and joke about creepy shit while bringing you as much information on each topic as possible. I am your host, the conductor of the cryptic, Jonathan Sayer. And with me always is my co-host, it's Mr. Moody. What's up, buddy? My applause got cut short. That was so did mine. So did yours. Now now you won't feel so bad. And you're like, fuck it. (laughs) (laughs) What's going on? Uh, not much, bud. How are you? I'm all right. Yeah. Ty- I'm tired today. I think everybody is. Yeah, I'm tired. Little, well, I kind of tied one on last night. Watched the uh, Stipe Mayochik fight. Yeah, I didn't watch it, but I heard it didn't last long. Uh, I got right into the second round. If you guys aren't familiar uh, with MMA and uh, the UFC, Stipe is actually from right here in, uh, in our neck of the woods in uh, Euclid. Yeah. So he's, he's closer, a firefighter here. Closer, he is part of the fire department. Can- he's actually a firefighter in Valley View. Yeah. And uh, he was the world heavyweight he champion. The, he was basically, he's the consensus, oh, up until yesterday. Uh, I mean, even still, basically the consensus greatest heavyweight of all time in the yeah. UFC. Yeah, well, he uh, he got his bell F- ring. So, interesting <laughs> story about that. Like, right before the fight started, I was talking to my buddy. We were out last night, and he was, uh, you know, he was a fan. He's like, yeah, he's like, I think he's going to win. And so, I'm like, dude, I got a bad feeling he's going to get knocked out. And then, like, 20 minutes later, I was driving home, and I checked the thing, and I sent him a text. I'm like, yeah, yeah, so I was right. Well, the guy he was fighting wasn't it? <laughs> that dude's a fucking Nagoya, beast, is that his Nagano. name? Nagano. Nagano, that's it. And the dude, he's a fucking beast. First and foremost, uh, it looked like Stipe cut a lot of weight. Dude, he Nagano, looked real Nagano thin. Had thirty pounds on thirty him pounds yeah. on him. He, I mean, just a beast of Thick, a man. Fucking, yeah, huge. So yeah, that was uh, there was a lot of good fights in there. Uh, it was cool. It was a good time. Well, they had a couple out of the bar we were at, but yeah, um, what's his name? Uh, Sugar. Uh, what the hell's his name? The guy with the 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 different colored cornrows i know you're, i don't know his I can't name, think of his name. he won too and i don't know it was cool so we got to hang yeah. out and do cool, that man. and whatnot and this good. past week i got my first dose of my vaccination well done yes and uh i'm pretty sure the uh <laughs> the lady didn't like me very much no because when she came over to give me the shot she reared back like she was playing darts and shoved it right in my arm i mean like pink she, yeah. did, she didn't even come up. She just did it from across the room. She's like, here you go. <laughs> no, she came over. She's like, are you ready? And when she did it, she just, she went, seriously, you guys can't see this right now. But she took my arm and she was like, <laughs> and I just looked at her like, oh my God. <laughs> what did I do to you? Who hurt you? Yeah. Jesus. So my she's arm. She's probably tired of that. She's probably just like, fucking here you go. Yeah. Fucking here you go. Here you go. The freaking millionth time. Yeah. But yeah, she, uh, I got it done and uh, we go back for the second one in uh, the middle of April. Awesome. And yeah, so it's cool. So if you guys are out there and you're able to get your vaccine, I know that a lot of people out there are like, I'm not doing that shit. That's fine. It's up to you. Do what you want. To it's do out that. there if you want it. You know, because now what is it? Everybody over the age of sixteen is able to get it. Yeah, they were. I was reading something. They're saying that uh, 
basically they need to make it available to everybody by like within the next like month or two. Yeah. Yeah. So, and if you don't want to get it, you don't have to. I don't want to hear about it. Don't tweet me. Don't, don't say anything online. It's uh, your choice, man. Yeah. Do be honest. Do. I don't give a shit what you do. <laughs> you already, know what I mean? I already got it. I'm just tired of wearing fucking masks, people. All right. So that's, that's all I'm saying. Yeah. All right. So you beautiful bunch of dark passengers know that we're just a couple of musicians and assholes that love history and cannot get enough of the mysterious. We want you all to know how much it means that you're listening at this very moment yes. to our sultry voices. It is. It's early, too. This it is, is early. early for us. It is early. So I got a little bit of that, that bass. You got that gravelly, morning. Morning. Yeah. that gravelly morning I voice. I do. I'm like, we did this morning. <laughs> so we were supposed to get together. It's uh, right now. It's a little after 11 o'clock in the morning. And that's, that's for all of you out there. That's early for us. Yes. So you wanted to do it at 10 o'clock. <laughs> and then I think it was like right before I nine. I message you at like 8.50. Yeah. And I was like, can we push it back, dude? And I just <laughs> laid in bed. That's all I did. I didn't do anything constructive. I just laid in bed. I did the same thing. Yeah. So, yeah. But we're here. We're here. And we're going to have an amazing, amazing episode. And uh, so listen, your reviews and support really do make all the hard work uh, worthwhile. Like us having to get up early in the morning. Yeah. You know, early 11 o'clock. Quote, unquote. <laughs> Everyone, there's people out there like i've been up since fucking three what yeah, are you talking yeah. about yeah but you know there's more to it that goes into it you know what i mean there's research yeah, there's yeah. there's production there there's is. There there's is. all kinds of stuff that we do yeah. you know and it's it's we appreciate that you appreciate us yeah right? absolutely right right so it's, it's nice to be appreciated of course so in saying that stop over to apple Podcasts or wherever you're listening right now and give us a five-star review it helps for some reason we're not really sure why but it does it helps get you on the charts and stuff so whatever you can leave any review you'd like. You can also find us on Spotify and iHeartRadio by typing the Midnight Train podcast in their search bar and click the follow button. You'll then get each episode as they are released. And Patreon's, Patreon subscribers uh, just got a, an amazing um, Day of the Music Died, Day of the Music Died yeah. bonus episode. Have you heard any feedback on that one? I have gotten, uh, gotten. I've received nothing but positive feedback. Excellent. Yes, I enjoyed it, that one. And if you guys don't know, it's on Scott Weiland, the singer of uh, Stone Temple Pilots and a plethora. The Revolver yeah, and so a bunch many, of other ones that I didn't even know existed. Yeah, so many bands. <laughs> he was in like four super groups and yeah. shit. One of them where he, what did he say? That he, it was just a studio thing and then yeah. he, it, they wanted him to come and he's like, wait a minute, what? Yeah. <laughs> like, I'm no, I just, yep. I just sang some stuff, dude. So anyway, <laughs> if you want to check that out, make sure you go over to uh, patreon.com forward slash the midnight train podcast or head over to the midnight train podcast.com and uh, you'll see a little little icon at the top that says uh, Patreon on it. While you're there, you can pick up some merchandise like the uh, shit eating robot t shirt. About to buy me one soon, buddy. Yeah, or the uh, new creepy or not creepy, but the, the goes along with today's episode. The Jersey Raccoon. Jersey yeah, Raccoon. Which is a pretty stellar one. Yep. Someone actually uh, bought one of those this morning. <laughs> I woke That's up awesome, and I, I was like, oh, cool. Someone got one I think I'm going to get me. I think I'm going to get that one. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Jersey it's Raccoon. pretty cool. I'll, probably, I'll get them both. If you guys don't know, and if you're a new <laughs> listener here, um, <laughs> the Jersey Raccoons. The running joke. Yes, our, our leather-clad uh, switchblade-wearing uh, raccoons that run the city streets of yep. New Jersey. He did. Uh, remember the one called and offered to protect us? Yes. Yeah. So Only one was, was nice. a couple of lunchboxes. Yeah. And I just wanted to know what was in the lunchboxes. Yeah, so, you know, it's pretty, pretty good. So anyway, you guys can pick up some merch over there. And uh, plus a lot of you guys, we, you, you, if you listen to the show, you probably know that we have an awesome uh, Facebook group page that's yeah. super fun. And Stellar. we post a lot of stupid shit on there. So and sign we're up always over there. in there so you can you can get a hold of us. Correct. Yes. We, we don't shy away from our public. <laughs> we embrace that shit. We're, we're always in there. Yeah. Always in there. I love it though. Everyone's always posting cool shit. Anytime I find something cool, 
like yeah, that's I interesting. Yeah, I like yeah. put, throwing it in there, just like, hey, I haven't heard of this. Have yeah, you guys heard of this absolutely. kind of thing? So yeah, so just uh, you can do that by just going into Facebook and just looking up the Midnight Train Podcast group, group forum, group yeah. forum. Yeah, yeah, it's you a know. forum. Yeah, it's a forum, and we like to talk. We yeah. do. Yeah, duh. <laughs> mostly, mostly talk shit. But yeah, of talk. course. So all right, let's turn down the lights. All right, adjust our seats. Yeah. Grab a drink, <sighs> which is coffee for me at this moment. I don't have anything. Oh, you son of a. You want some right. coffee? No, I'm good. Okay. (laughs) And let's get spooky, but first, here's a toast to all you beautiful motherfuckers. Ooh, I'm feeling the 80s vibe on that one. Yeah, it's like flash dancing this bitch. I like that. I need you on a chair and I'll dump water on you. Like Uh. Can we do that? Probably. Okay. I could just get on a chair and just douse water <laughs> on me. Just gotta like, go yeah. back, like, yeah. Splash. Like flash dance. Yeah, yeah. yeah, I like it. You gotta Slow-mo. wear, the, you gotta wear the, the leotard and leggings, though. <laughs> I'm in. I'm in. I'll do it. It's groovy. It's good to get you going in the morning. Yeah, that'll that'll pump you up a little bit. It's a very, like, inspiring type of, too. Like, you, yeah. that's like a montage song. <laughs> yeah, totally. The 80s <laughs> montage. <laughs> Out there running around, rocky with a yeah, in the dude. snow, a big fucking log on his back. Yeah, absolutely, yeah. it does sound very montagey. Fucking Drago in the background. <laughs> I will break you, <laughs> dude. There was a, a guy um, during that fight yesterday. Yeah, that it was he. It was Drago. Yeah, I mean, it, it, dude, there were so many crazy fights in that, but it was fun anyway. So today. Listeners, passengers. Yeah. We have another installment in our Creepy Places series. That's great. People love them. Yeah. I, we do get a lot of positive feedback on yeah. it. And it's cool to find think, out where I'll people say, live. I think and it's because people, like, not only that we have listeners in most of these places, right. But, like, people like to figure out, like, where they can go see some creepy shit. And we're, we're giving them a fucking guidebook to that. That's right. And, and, and we'll probably end up coming and doing one on wherever you live at some point in time, yeah. hopefully. Yeah. Uh, like I saw someone was talking about Kansas the other day. And I Ooh. think, I think Kansas might be another one. We're going to love into. those guys. Yeah. Carry on my wayward son. I absolutely love them. Fucking hey, so man. good. So anyway, they are kind of creepy. <laughs> <laughs> and those porn stashes. And shit. Yeah. They're, they're such a good band though. Oh, yeah. oh my God. So we were taking a trip to the East coast. We've covered probably, uh, you know, the most known creepy story about the state, which, you know, everyone knows. Yeah. Yeah. And, and if you listen to the show, you know that we've covered it and we'll, Mention that I tried to get the uh, I tried to get the episode it, like number. It's somewhere back in episode in us. Uh, it's when we still had seasons. So yeah, season back. three. Yeah, way so, back. Yeah, way back in the day. It was almost. It might have been. It was. I think I put it in there. I think it's about a year ago already. Hey, speaking of, we're coming up on our hundredth. Yep. Yep. So uh, if you guys, we I want suggestions. I'll say we're I having do. a hard time. Yeah. Trying to find the hundredth man, just because we want to make it. Fucking epic for right. you guys. I want I want suggestions from people. We've got some ideas, but we we want to hear from you guys. Like, you what know, would make a good one hundredth episode? It needs to be badass. Yeah. Uh, anyway, so yeah, go ahead, keep going. Sorry. <laughs> so anyway, we're back for more creepiness here. Uh, we know there are you know more than a few listeners from this particular state. So if we yep. uh, fuck up, uh, we know we'll hear about it. So that's fine. Absolutely. You guys, unload. You know, on the us. sisters are going to get to that's us. That's right. They'll, they'll, they're paying close attention to this well, one. Yeah. At the same time, we would love to hear more stories about anything we cover from the people who are around it and may have visited these spots or encountered any of the crazy stuff we are going to, to discuss. So without further ado, the train is pulling out of the station and heading east to none other than New Jersey. Jersey. And I'm going to do my best. To not to do a shitty Jersey accent this time. I mean, 
no offense, but <laughs> the regular Jersey accent is pretty shitty. It's pretty rough. It is pretty rough. Love you. Yeah. <laughs> so keep your hands inside of the train and watch out for the fucking raccoons. So a little less than a year ago, at the beginning of the whole COVID plague, Man, we did a quarantine mashup. That was when we were uh, on, what did we do that, on Discord? Discord or Zoom, it one of the two. F- it was Discord because we kept sharing all those stupid memes. Oh, yeah, with the, the balls. <laughs> the raccoon with the big balls. <laughs> oh, my God. So we discussed um, spring Jack, the Wendigo, and the one and only Leeds Devil, also known as the Jersey Devil. So if you're looking for our take on the Jersey Devil, go back and listen to that episode. It's a good uh, episode. Yeah, we will not be discussing that today. Fuck that guy. We're going to move on. But we are going to head to a bunch of different creepy spots. First up, we head to, and I thank you for the pronunciation guide. Yeah, I saw that. I was just like, nah, I'll just put it in there for him. Totowa, New Jersey. I think it's Totowa. Totowa? Totowa. Totowa? Yeah. Totowa. Whatever. You still, we still can't get I put the pronunciation there. You still fucked it up. Totowa. Totowa. Welcome to Totowa. Anyway, we're going to Totowa. I think that's what think. it's called. Anyway, that's what it, it looked like to me. That's what that's what the <laughs> they had the little pronunciation thing. I'm like, oh, it's we're like five right. minutes in, and people are going, "Come on, already!" <laughs> so Totowa is a borough in uh, Passaic County. Passaic. Passaic. Yeah, sure. New Jersey, uh, United States. Uh, Totowa is in its current iteration has been around since 1898. But the land that Totowa has uh, been occupied, uh, let's see, they've been there for 1600s, right? Yeah. That's so when the first got occupied. Around the 1600s, the first guy basically settled on the, the land that is now. Oh, so it's the, been there the, for a minute. Yeah. The people uh-huh. have been inhabited that land for a long fucking time. That's awesome. Well, it's been around for a long time, obviously, and haven't been around for so long. There are destined to be tons of creepy tales like our first one. <laughs> first up is the legendary ghost of Annie. For more generations than anyone can seem to remember, Totowa's Riverview Drive has been more commonly known uh, to locals as Annie's Road. And for just as long, it has played host to innumerable carloads of late-night thrill-seekers. People just going out going, hey, you guys want to go to Annie's Road? I heard that Annie is not okay. She's not okay? (laughs) No. Michael Jackson got that shit wrong. What these adventurous night riders are looking for is the spectral figure of Annie herself, an otherworldly apparition that has long been associated with the snaking riverside byway. Running along the Totowa uh, side of the Passaic Passaic River, uh, Riverview Drive, or Reefer Road, which is pretty amazing. (laughs) Yeah, that's what the uh, local teens call it. Reefer Road. I like it. I wonder why. Yeah, I I don't know. (laughs) I I wonder what that is. Probably because they're out there smoking them tweeds. Most likely. Yes. Seems to be just brimming with the stuff from which local legends are made. At night, is a, it is a dark and treacherous drive that leaves little room for error between the steep hillside on one side and the muddy slough of the Passaic on the other. Sloth. Sloth? Yeah. Like, sloth. Hey, you sloth. guys. No, sloth. Not sloth. Sloth. You saying sloth? <laughs> pan or Pam? <laughs> pam? <laughs> are you saying Pan? Sorry, anyway, it is a remote and wooded road <laughs> right in the heart of a densely populated area. There are mythical places to be discovered here as well, or so many have alleged. The isolated community located on Norwood Terrace, an Oxbow, uh, Oxbow Street found on one of Riverview's many curves, has long had the reputation of being New Jersey's much fabled Midgetville. <laughs> what? You've never heard of Midgetville? I've, ne- I've known about Midgetville for a long time. I have never. Uh, apparently there's a, uh, well, I wasn't going to talk about it because I thought everyone had kind of heard about I've that. I've never. I don't know what that is. Okay. So it's not in here. I didn't cover it in this episode okay, at all. So what, um, what maybe we can come back me? to it at some point. But there, there's like this legend of uh, 
one possibly more communities of basically midgets that build tiny that built like tiny houses and like went off and lived in these like little communities yeah so are you talking about like Wizard of Oz? Is that what we're talking about over here? Possibly. I don't know. It, it's, Fucking Munchkin Land? That's the basic. I mean, there's more to it than just that, but basically, like, people go looking for Midgetville because they think that, that a bunch of fucking midget built a community somewhere. In, yeah, it's... <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. That's Jersey. the basic gist of it. I'm sure we'll get a lot of people... Fucking I'm Jersey. sure we'll get a lot of people like, well, actually, Midgetville is mine. <laughs> but... That's like the basic. That's amazing. <laughs> so, but what really beckons people to Annie's Road year after year, decade after decade, is the quest to see Annie herself. The lure of experiencing the supernatural firsthand has been the catalyst for countless late night adventures over the generations and several notorious misadventures as well. In most cases, these ghost hunters and seekers of Midgetville Lord, are more, nothing more than carloads of boards of urban youth. Midgetville. I, I feel like it's not PC. I don't know. There's something about that that feels weird. Where are you guys headed? Ah, Midgetville. Yeah. The <laughs> Just <laughs> fucking weird. You go to Midgetville. Annie's Road has, however, <laughs> on more than one occasion, led its night riders down a pathway to danger and even death. Riverview Drive is no stranger to severe auto. <laughs> I know, I know. A little late on that one. I just I felt like it had to be there, though. <laughs> it's no stranger to uh, severe auto accidents, and Annie is not the only soul who has been lost there. What better way to get to the heart of the legend than to hear it from the locals themselves? This is the story of her death as recounted by a local who was young when it happened. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Quote, as I have been a resident of Totowa all my life, I can tell you the actual story of this poor girl's fate. Annie was walking home from her prom at school in Little Falls. The shortest and perhaps the easiest route to take was Riverview Drive. She was passing the Laurel Grove Cemetery when a large truck plowed her over and dragged her about 50 feet or so. Her blood can still be seen on the side of the road she had been dragged. If she, uh, if she is to be seen, she is a short ways down the road from the blood. This is very close to the place where her tomb once is. Once is? Yeah, there was. I, I left all the fun spelling fuck ups in there. Fucking Jersey. My brother has been to the plot in the Laurel Grove Cemetery that was created for her. Though I was little, I do remember hearing that no apparent reason at all. The tomb caved inward and looked somewhat like a cave. And that's a quote from Court. 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 Yep. Is that a court or is that a person named, named Court? I believe the person's name is Court. Who names their kid Court? I. I someone who likes the name Court. Maybe it's a family name. <laughs> it might be Court. It's a family name. I wonder if it's, you know what it is? It's probably Kurt, but they just set it in a uh, Jersey accent. <laughs> hey, it's fucking Kurt over here. <laughs> All right, that was the first one. I'll stop. I'll stop. I'll... Sorry. Another story we came across was that uh, back in the 1960s, a couple was driving down the road in Totowa when they, or Totowa, whatever. whatever. I, I just see Toto just each say, time. Just say it different every time. Yeah. One one of these times, you'll be right. Every time I hear doom, 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 doom. <laughs> <laughs> so they anyway these uh, this couple got into a huge fight which led the man to open the car door and throw out his partner she was probably nagging about directions am i right yeah, fellas right. <laughs> you guys know you guys know we're <laughs> <laughs> kidding ladies oh kidding. man that was that deserves <laughs> definitely needed that one sorry ladies see this is why we don't do shit Quote, unquote, early. Yes. <laughs> so alone, scared, and injured, the woman began wandering on the street only to be hit by a truck and die on the spot. Even worse, her dress got tangled in the car and she was dragged along the road, taking off her face. Sounds like a Cannibal Corpse song. <laughs> oh! <laughs> Sorry, that's really not funny. Instead that's of hammer really smashed sad. face, it's asphalt dragged face. Oh, God. 
So not funny. Well, the stories may vary. They both have the same stories attached. The main one is that there is a trail of blood on the road from where she was dragged and a splatter of blood on a guardrail as well. Here's a story about the blood spa- uh, spattered from another local. Quote, locals, I know, but I like getting the firsthand too, accounts man. here. I like that. Me too. Quote, I have heard many stories about this road and have been there numerous times. <laughs> hey, bro. I'm just, this is Jersey. <laughs> this is Jersey, dude. This is not me. Numerous times. Numerous times. But it's, it I'm going sounds, to assume it's times. Sounds like a lot. <laughs> <laughs> I've been there numerous times. <laughs> anyway, I was told roughly the same story that she was killed on her wedding night and was killed on the road and dragged along it. The first time I went there, my friends told me that there was a blood stain on the road and a splatter on the guardrail. It was there, whatever it was, and it scared the shit out of me. I have taken other friends there throughout the years and have told them the same story. Annie's Lane, as I have often heard it called, is a great place to bring people for a scary experience. And that was from Marcus. wonder which one of the numerous time that was. <laughs> Was that the the one time or was that the numerous time? (laughs) Sorry, Marcus. Sounds like a crazy story. (laughs) So the cool part about researching all these legends is finding different people recounting their stories and seeing all the crazy variations on the legend. You know how it is. It's a telephone game. Yeah, always is. Absolutely. One story has her ghost appearing, um, Annie's ghost appearing at midnight while another swears it's 2 a.m. There's the prom story, the couple story. Then there was another that is positive that her cousin's uncle's brother's friend's grandpa was at the scene and that she was decapitated during a car accident. Then you have the tales of the blood on the asphalt and blood on the guardrail. There's a variation on that story that says that her deranged father would come back every year in the anniversary of her death and paint the guardrail red to keep the memory of his daughter alive and meet with her ghost. That's kind of fucked up. Uh, I think I like that one the best. Yeah, that's that. That's my fave. That's like a, that would make for a good horror movie. Yeah. Regardless of what version you want to believe, it seems that overall the stretch of road is pretty creepy. There is a cemetery nearby where she is buried and supposedly is a hotspot for paranormal so, happenings as well. So I don't know if, if <clears throat> from what I was looking, like a lot of people say she's buried there and other people say there's just a tombstone there, like marking her, like just kind of like the memory of her. So I don't know exactly if she's buried there. Is there a guy standing there with two guns going, I'll be a huckleberry? No, no. There's not? No, no, that's tombstone in the movie. That's not what we're talking about? Yes. It is. Yes. I knew it. <laughs> it took Sorry. place in New Jersey. So it, it, <laughs> <laughs> uh, if only. It'd probably be a totally different movie if that happened. God, I love that movie so much. Yeah, I, hold on. I'm trying to take a drink of my coffee. <laughs> uh, don't let me stop you. Mm, coffee is good. I swear. What kind of coffee you drink? Um, actually, it comes from this place. Uh, it's a little coffee joint on the street um, yeah. called Red Cedar. So if you guys oh. happen to be in the area, try Red Cedar coffee. It's very, very, very delicious. For all you people that travel through Olmstead Falls, yes. Ohio. If you're ever in the Olmstead Falls area, <laughs> please. What are you doing please, over there, I, don't, I pulled it out. <laughs> <laughs> it's a rough morning already, folks. <laughs> Damn it, it won't go back. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> uh, my mic stand popped out of its little doohickey. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> oh, God damn. So anyway, that's another one of the things. And I actually do. Yeah. I think that's cool. It adds to it. And it does make for a good story. That would yeah. be cool. Really cool. So regardless of what version you want to believe, it seems that the overall that the stretch of road is pretty creepy. There's a cemetery nearby, like I said. And uh, with the paranormal happenings and stuff, there are reports of video cameras being drained of their batteries. Yes. Which just seems to be a pretty... Uh, common occurrence around you know 
paranormal. Yeah, 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 like haunted places, ghosts and energies and things. Right, and normally it sucks the, yeah. the battery life and yeah, stuff. Yeah. Uh, let's see, it does strange lights being caught on camera, but, yep. but not being seen by the naked eye. Yep. And some yeah. have reported seeing Annie's ghost at the cemetery as well. Again, not okay. That was that was my uh That was awful. <laughs> Some people also have attributed the Hail Mary murders in, in New Jersey as having something to do with the story. This is actually uh looking into this is it's fucking interesting. I never heard of them until I did this, but I'm like I'm surprised that it's not a more famous thing. Okay. Well, we found this tale on another website. It goes as such. Quote, it was 1992 and six high school boys spent their days fixated by Annie's tale. Believing she was run over by a car and that she now haunted the road, they spent their nights at Norwood Terrace near the house she supposedly lived in. Then they would drive up and down Riverview Drive before ending up at the mausoleum where they thought she was buried. Eventually, though, five of the boys felt that they no longer wanted to hang around with the sixth boy and decided to make him leave. They made several botched attempts to burn his car. What? With him in it. But they all failed. Why? Why? It's, Just I'll, ask him to leave. Yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll fill you in a little bit more on all what right. I found after this. Eventually realizing that they couldn't make him go away, they decided he needed to be eliminated in all this because they were bored with his company. <laughs> yeah. What? Yeah. They tried to stuff an aerosol can into his gas tank in the hopes of causing an explosion. Mm-hmm. I don't know how you would even go about that. It literally says it didn't fit, which, yeah. No shit. Yeah. They tried to convince him to be handcuffed to the steering wheel, after which they would stick a flaming rag into the gas tank. He refused. <laughs> what, is, yeah. what is going? What? After so many botched attempts to scare him and even eliminate him, some of the boys wondered if he wasn't protected by Annie herself. They finally settled on a simpler method, and tragically, it worked. One day, they all drove out to the high school and parked in back. They all began to recite the Catholic Hail Mary, and then one of the boys in back took out an electrical cord and strangled the victim from behind, garrote style. Putting his garrote. That's fucked up. Piano wire. Putting his feet on the headrest, the victim didn't have a chance, and the other boys continued to recite the Hail Mary until after nearly 10 minutes, he was dead. They tried to cover up the crime, but outing the body in the trunk and causing an... Ex- outing the body? Putting the body in the trunk. <laughs> fucking fuck these fucking assholes. Putting the body in the trunk and causing an explosion, but it did not work again. They were really bad at that. They ditched the car and predictably were caught, arrested, and convicted. That's crazy. Right. Although this makes for a great story after going through more than a few articles about the Hail Mary murders, not one of them had any mention of the Annie legend in them. Doesn't mean it's not true, but we didn't come up with any of the proof. So. Yeah. So I like looking into it, man. It's it's like a it's a pretty crazy story. From from what I was reading, are there actual like court documents and and like yeah, you can police? find every, you can find it you can find all this stuff. Because basically, what I did was I started reading this story. I'm like, Hail Mary murders. Okay. I'm like, I'm gonna see if that's even a real thing or if it's like a lead like whatever. And I I, I googled it and I found a bunch of stuff about it. In '92, there was they called it the Hail Mary murders. All this stuff. Everything was essentially. It was very similar to this like a lot of the stuff that was in this story was like in the real thing but off like the details were different um like they tried burning the car like i i read that in the real things and they the way he was killed was the same as as it really happened but uh nothing i read in any of them mentioned these mentioned anything about the annie stuff so somebody just kind of added that i feel like that it was just like it was fucking crazy and creepy and they decided someone at some point decided to put the two together yeah but or maybe they were going to check the thing out and this just happened to happen while they were doing that possibly you know i don't know I mean? if they use that to lure him to a spot like yeah you know what i mean so but it's so okay. it's a crazy story man like to if you get a chance to read about that you why exactly did they want to kill the guy 
<clears throat> so it was just annoying. I guess. I guess from what I read, like this kid was like real quiet, like super nice, like real sweet, basically. And the the one thing I read said that these guys got pissed off at him because this other kid like basically ratted him out a couple of times. Okay. For whatever reason. And that that's basically why they did it because he Fucked fucking up. quote unquote. I remember reading like they used the word tattled. Like he tattled oh, on them. Oh, so they just freaking so they fucking they killed the guy. Yeah, because oh, that's fucking stupid. Yeah, because he ratted him out a couple yeah. of times for something. It's stupid. Don't do that. Yeah, it's a you'd you'd probably be interested in this stuff. If you like actually get it, there's I know there's at least one book about it too. Yeah. So maybe we'll uh, do a little bonus on that. What do you think? We could do a bonus on that. Yeah. It'd be fun. So anyway, it sounds fun. Oh well, I didn't mean it'd be fun about the story. Hold on. (laughs) Let me back that up. That story is not fun. Researching it and doing a bonus on that would be fun. So I'm just trying to trying to tread lightly lightly for the PC warriors out there. That's all. Yeah, that's that's all I'm doing here. Anyway, it does sound like a good time over uh, trying to find Annie, though. Yeah. You know what I mean? So if anyone out there has experienced Annie or been on the road or, and you know, if you've seen her or if you've even, if you even know where the hell we're talking about, let us know. Yeah. Right? I'd like to, I'd like to know if anybody out there has been to this, been around here or seen anything at this area. Like, yeah, I'd like to know. Yeah. That's what I like about doing these creepy places because we have people to listen and right. experience these things. They'd be like, well, I, I know uh, a guy who knew a guy that knew a guy that knew a guy yeah. that knew a girl that knew another guy whose uncle. <laughs> who owned a dog that was owned by Annie. Annie. Yeah. It's father. <laughs> Cousin. <laughs> so there is, or once was, a legendary place off a dirt road called Disbro Hill in Monroe Township, Middlesex County, known as Crematory, uh, Crematory Hill. Yes. That's a cool name, kind of. Crematory yeah, Hill. I like yeah. it. In local lore here. So as the story goes, back in the 1970s, it was one of those scary places where at night anything could happen. Legend of this place was that it was a structure where bodies were cremated with the remains either shipped out or buried in the graveyard adjacent to the building, which would make Crematory Hill a proper name. Yep. Yep. (laughs) It is said that it was abandoned long ago due to the presence of ghosts and spirits. We thought this would make a really cool story, but it was hard to find a ton about this legend. There was a story uh, that was on Weird New Jersey, uh, which I love that, that website, by the way. Dude, they have them for like almost every state, too, yeah. which is great. Yeah, it's pretty awesome. Uh, that we found that has the uh, the most info, and it came from a local, uh, from a local, so we're yeah. going to rely, uh, you know, rely More on that story. stories, man. Yeah. I love them. And uh, because, yeah, pretty cool. So he says, quote, Back when I was in, in East Brunswick High School uh, from 69 to 72, it was a great place to go with friends or your date and get a good scare, especially on Friday and Saturday nights. It was considered a real rite of passage. There was usually clothing and unrecognizable stuff hanging off the trees at the start of the, lo- the road leading to the crema- uh, to crematory hill and sometimes further on down. On several trips, we saw a large wooden sign painted in red propped up on the side of the road with the warning, Welcome to Hell. Oh boy That was the signal It was going to be A hell of a ride Screaming sounds Were often heard From the woods But we drove on Excited and expecting Anything Now listen Anyone ever watch Horror movies This is how you die Yeah no absolutely This, This is how you die Correct Hey, let's go to Crematory Hill where ghosts supposedly are. Oh, look at that sign. Welcome to hell. You hear that screaming? Let's yeah. keep going. You hear that screaming? That guy's with a hatchet. Oh, let's keep going. No, get the fuck out of there. <laughs> anyway, on the way, there was one house close to the dirt road, always with the lights on, uh, where it was rumored that you would see the family living there hitting each other with hammers in the windows. <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> we never saw that, but even with the lights on, it really didn't look like any anyone lived there, and it uh, had a weird presence stuck out there in the middle of nowhere. 
After passing that landmark, we would look for the opening in the woods off the dirt road that would lead to the crematory. Uh, the crematory. That's just a weird word, crematory. Yeah. yeah it looks like cemetery, but it's not. No. <laughs> <laughs> it was on the right side. This is where the courage factor came into play. It was dark, real dark, and the woods were thick. <laughs> real thick. Real thick. <laughs> <laughs> weird sounds startled you you didn't know what was out there all we had were a flashlight and our nerve we walked the dirt path adrenaline pumping always aware that something was out there and in the beams of the flashlights the structure loomed covered with graffiti it was imposing in the darkness yet waiting for us to enter and explore the large empty building was built up on a dirt hill it was made out of bricks stone and cement there were openings for windows and doors there was rubble in the basement. To get to the basement, you had to jump through a hole in the floor. There were some pipes through the floor, which were supposed to be part of the cre uh, crematory equipment. The structure was probably built in the 19th century. After exploring the crematory, we, uh, more courage was mustered to walk the grounds and find the cemetery. There was a low wall, which you followed to find the graveyard, taking you deeper into the woods, further away from your car, the only means to escape if anything happened. This took a this lot guy, more this of it. This guy really got into writing this. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I like it. That's why I liked it so much. Yeah. yeah this stuff, he's a storyteller. Yeah, I yeah, like it. I dig it. After locating the burial ground, the walk back seemed longer and scarier. When you got closer to the road and the car came into view in the flashlight beam. You breathed a sigh of relief, quickening your steps until the keys was in the door. Was in the door? <laughs> and you were back in the car. <laughs> One time we got out of the car at the crematory, um, started walking, and heard some rustling in the trees. All of a sudden, from the dark, came a combination of howling voices and figures trying to attack us. We were close enough to the car, and I had the key in hand just a, uh, fast enough. Wait. And I had the key in hand fast enough for us to pile in and for me to spin my wheels in gear to get out of there like a bat out of hell. Luckily, we escaped uninjured. One of my friends looked back and saw dark outlines of figures, but there were no cars around for them to follow us in. How and why they were there is a mystery. I was told that the crematory was used by Rutgers fraternities and Douglas sororities as part of the pledging initiation process since the 1940s. Crematory Hill provided lots of unpredictable excitement for us teenagers. The ride itself was scary enough, but you were always drawn to walk in the woods to face the unknown. That's from Lewis. 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 Lewis has been around the block a few times. Yeah. yeah. So basically at the end of there, he says that uh, it may... Could have been possible that it was the uh, frat guys jumping out trying to scare the crap out of them. Yeah, like that That second story definitely sounds like someone fucking with them. Yeah. You know, but it, it, from everything I read, dude, it was definitely a creepy place to be. Sounds like it. The, so uh, I posted some stuff on our social media earlier. Uh, it was either yesterday or the day before. Pictures. Okay, yeah, uh, yeah. The pictures, of, like the old black and white pictures of the building. I don't know if they were taken by this guy, but they were of the building. Oh, cool. Awesome. So if you guys get a chance, jump on our social media and check that There's, out. Yeah, I think I mentioned that on here. So Yeah, it's creepy. Yeah. Most definitely creepy. There were other stories of people hearing howls and screams when they would travel through the woods to get to the site. There are stories of people being shot at while they were there. Yikes. People, <laughs> people claim to have been chased. It's the raccoons. <laughs> it was the, no, the switchblades. Oh, right, yeah. right, right, right. If you heard they, a, they don't, raccoons don't use guns. If you just heard a... <laughs> <laughs> hey, what are you doing? <laughs> <laughs> There are stories of, uh, again, people being shot at. People claim to, uh, claim to have been chased, but only no, no one knows why. It's odd because there seems to be a ton of local stories, but there isn't much outside of that, which is great for legends and myths, though uh, not so much for research, obviously. Right. Right. It does appear that the building was definitely there. Uh, again, the old the pictures, pictures yeah. uh, will be posted up there. Unfortunately for everyone, um, the building has been demolished. 
and condos now reside in the spot where the building used to be. We were unable to find any concrete evidence that the building was actually uh, a crematory at all, right? So there yeah, was no, I couldn't like, find... I, I dug I dug into this story. I, I think it's a really cool story, and I, w- I was really trying to find some more shit on like the building, like what it was. I couldn't find anything. Not man. much out there. Unless huh? unless you dig into like I, I might have could have like unless you dig into like old city Did records. You say, I might have could have. I might have could have. <laughs> <laughs> I might have could have should have done that. <laughs> it's, it's, whatever. Uh, no, but like outside of like maybe digging into like public record and like right. the old building, like which. I'm sorry, I'm not doing that. <laughs> At least not now. Yeah, not now. You know, I don't have the time. When this for is our full time job, yeah. yeah. But uh, I, I couldn't find anything on the building itself, and I couldn't really find much outside of stories, like local stories and stuff like. And they were all very similar to this: kids going out there at night, and you know, the graffiti everywhere, that kind of stuff. I guess there really was a cemetery there too, so it's po- it could have very well been a crematory or some sort of medical building at some point, because I guess next to the building there was like a little cemetery area like i i don't know it's, so it's it was really hard to find yeah. like concrete information on it though well if anybody from the jersey area from that particular area or anyone who's ever been around or maybe passed through or heard about yeah. that story yeah. let us know we want to know what you guys think and if you've ever been a part of it you know i saw I mean? a picture of it today where the condos are <laughs> it's pretty depressing actually is it, it looks shitty i'm yeah. like mm. <laughs> which is worse <laughs> i mean it could be nice now the picture was from like like 15 years ago and but the condos of the crematory which yeah, one's worse uh, yeah right wonder if the condos are haunted that's what i'm saying though yeah like, could be. we should check into that yeah call somebody up there and be like hey uh your condo haunted bro <laughs> well uh, you got a lunchbox uh <laughs> i can't do that anyway so now we're gonna switch things up a little bit and i'm excited about this we're gonna talk about cryptids there was a couple yeah I found a couple there are more cryptids than just the jersey devil roaming and swimming around first up we have the sandy hook sea serpent Everyone has a sea serpent, don't they? Of course. Yeah. The North Shrewsbury. (laughs) Shrewsbury. North Shrewsbury. The Shrewsbury tastes like Shrewsbury. (laughs) Which is uh, Navesink. Is that uh, our Navasink? Yeah. Fucking no. Uh, It's the North Shrewsbury River is one of the most scenic estuaries on the eastern coast of America. Ooh. Known for luxury yachts, stately homes, and ice boating. It is hardly the place you would... Ice ice boating? It says ice boating. The fuck is ice boating? I don't know. Can you boat when there's ice? I don't know. know. Jersey, let us know. Anyway. The fuck is ice boating? (laughs) It is hardly the place you would expect to find the legend of a sea serpent. But in the late 19th century, it was the location of one of many well-documented and unexplained sightings of mysterious sea creatures that plagued the waters of the North Atlantic. The creature in question was seen by several people, all who were familiar with local sea life. While returning from a day-long outing, Marcus P. Sherman, Lloyd Eglinton, Eglinton, sorry, Lloyd Eglinton, Stephen Allen, and William Tenton, all of Red Bank. Dude, that sounds like a regal fucking group of guys. They all had ascots on, every single one of them. Yeah, Puffy shirts. They encountered the monster. (gasps) Ah, The Red Bank Register reported the uh, the witnesses to be sober. And respectable local merchants. Oh, I like that they put sober in there. <laughs> they weren't fucked up, all right? Yeah, yeah. We got, it's fine. Because it sounds fucked up. <laughs> At around 10 p.m., the yacht Tilly S., owned by Sherman, was making its way back to Red Bank after a picnic at Highlands Beach. The men had enjoyed a pleasant Sunday evening, escaping the warm early summer weather. <laughs> Hold on a second. <laughs> that sounds shady as shit. Four grown-ass men going on a yacht and a picnic together? <laughs> well... They, they just probably took the hookers out of it. Uh, yeah, yeah, like that doesn't. Yeah. The <laughs> like, hookers and, and like, blow like her out of it. If you told Grace that, like, me, you, and Jeff were taking the boat out and going on a picnic, 
<laughs> She's gonna be like, what? <laughs> what the fuck? What? Why? That's what I'm saying. <laughs> so the men, uh, again, uh, so the moon was shining bright, providing for high visibility Ooh. as the yacht cut through the water. A stiff summer breeze was blowing, and they rounded the highlands and headed toward Red Bank. At the tiller of the Tilly. <laughs> Whatever, dude. I'm just <laughs> at the tiller of the Tilly. I put all the fun stuff in there uh, yeah, for you. Yeah. Marcus Sherman steered through the familiar waters. At the bow, uh, the bow uh, was Lloyd Eglinton, who kept watch for debris in the water ahead. Suddenly, Ed, 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 damn his name, Eglinton, yelled that there was something in the water dead ahead. There's something in the water! <laughs> dead ahead! <laughs> Sherman steered hard to port to avoid the collision. As they looked to see what the obstacle was, they were shocked. There ahead of them was the Sandy Hook Sea Serpent oh. that had been sighted many times over the preceding years. Oh, so credible were the sightings of the serpent two years earlier that Scientific American had run an article issuing an opinion that the monster was, in fact, a giant squid. Dude, if Scientific American's writing about it, it's got to be something. I mean, it has to be, right? Yeah. yeah. The article, complete with drawings, appeared in the December 27th, 1887 edition of the prestigious Scientific Periodical. Oh, that's... <laughs> look at me. Yeah. <laughs> the earlier sighting at Sandy Hook had been made by several credible witnesses. Most notably... Were the they sober? <laughs> it doesn't say... <laughs> This one doesn't say. Oh, they left it out of that yeah, one. They were they were drunk. They were drunk. <laughs> Most notably, the members of the Sandy Hook Life Saving Service. The crew members had sighted a large monster in the cold waters just off Sandy Hook in November of 1879. The sighting was so credible that scientists were dispatched to take statements. It is from these descriptive statements that it was determined that Sandy Hook Sea Monster was, in fact, a giant squid. Mm -hmm. For the next several years, there were reports of all types of sea serpents um, sighting. Sea wait, serpent sightings? There were reports of all types of sea serpent sightings up and down the East Atlantic coast. That was just a weird sentence structure. That was, uh, maybe it's just early, whatever. So what the Red Bank men saw was surely no giant squid. Surely. Surely. It was a squid, and don't call me Shirley. No, I was going for it. I was going for it. It was described as uh, about 50 foot long and uh, serpentine in shape. It swam with snake-like undulations slowly and steadily through the water mm. as it passed halfway past the bow. Its head rose from the water, giving forth a mighty roar. Roar. Ah. Is that what it sounded like? No. <laughs> it peeks its head up and goes, Meh. It made the same noise my throat did last <laughs> two weeks ago. <laughs> the head was described as small and somewhat resembling a bulldog's in shape. It had two short, rounded horns on its head just above its eyes. The eyes uh, were said to be the size of silver dollars. Bristles adorned the upper lip of the monster. Much like those so that, had that a mustache. Would, yeah, that would be. He says, "Oh, he has a mustache." Oh, is this a German oh, serpent? God. Is that what it is? It's got mustache. Oh, <laughs> the beast's nostrils were quite large and flattened. The serpent-like body tapered to a sword-like pointed tail. The frightened men stared in disbelief as it slowly and leisurely swam toward the shore of Hartshorn's Cove. Damn it! As the monster disappeared into the night, the men made their way back to Red Bank with a monster of a story to tell. The men of the Tilly S were not the only ones to see the creature. Other boaters on the water saw the serpent and gave near identical descriptions. And all of a dozen boater in all over a dozen boaters had seen the strange creature on his nocturnal swim. So a bunch of people saw this thing. So they weren't the only ones. Right. Saw it. Over they the were next the only ones dumb enough to admit that they saw right. it. <laughs> yes, Nigel. We should tell everyone about the the mustache. <laughs> Sir Eglinton, what do you think? He was a broad, brawny-looking thing <laughs> with a beautiful mustache. 
<laughs> anyway, <laughs> in time, it came to be known as the Shrewsbury Sea Serpent. No scientific explanation has ever uh, been given for the sightings, as had been done for the so-called Sandy Hook Sea Serpent. However, the description is not totally without merit. Other than the size, the description is very similar to that of the oarfish. In any case, the mystery remains as to the true identity and fate of the sea serpent. What the fuck is an oarfish? It is a, I, I've seen this a lot because being into cryptids and things, um, a lot of sightings of quote unquote sea serpents are blamed on oarfish. They're super long. They get to like 30 fucking feet long and they're like flat and like, like this tall maybe. And they have like fin that basically goes down the hole. Oh, thing. there it is. Oh, that's an ugly son of a yeah. bitch. So you can definitely understand why those get blamed for a lot of sea serpent sightings. Yeah, for sure. I would think that was a sea serpent if it came yeah. up next they to get me. To, dude, it's like fucking thirty feet long, and yeah, that's, if you're not, and if you're not, holy if, shit, yeah, Look at that one, that's big as fuck. Yeah, so like if it's like nighttime and you're in a boat and you just see this shit like come across, like yeah, you could definitely. Very large. I could see. Yeah, I could see yeah. it causing some dis disturbances. Absolutely. Next up, we have the blobs. Yes. The Blebs. blobs. Blebs. On August 6th, a large mysterious Blebs. blob appeared in a little egg uh, in a little egg harbor tributary in 2003. The Jersey is Little Egg Harbor tributary. Is that like a Little Egg Harbor is a harbor? A harbor. And then it's called Little Egg? I guess. I don't know. I didn't fucking name it. <laughs> Wouldn't have named it that if I did. Uh and I guess this okay. was just like a little offshoot coming in like a Okay. Know, yeah. Okay. Yeah. So Little Egg Harbor. Mm. The Jersey State Police's uh, Marine Unit was called in, and the Department of Environmental Protection poked and pro uh, probed the blob and determined that it was not hazardous. I like, I like that that's how they figured out that it wasn't hazardous. <laughs> Grab a stick. Give me a stick, Jimmy. <laughs> Poke it with a stick. I think it's okay. Well, they could not say what it was for sure. The gooey mass was eventually towed out into the Great Bay using a 50-foot rope and then released. <laughs> just like, fuck this thing, tow it back out. To yeah, they just sea. took it back out and dropped it out there? Yeah. And how did you know it wasn't hazardous just by poking it? <laughs> the following so year... how they did shit back in the day, man. It's crazy. The following year in May of 2004, another gooey, putrid mass surfaced in another waterway in the lagoon community of Beach Haven West, miles away from the original blob encounter. This smaller son of blob was only about 10 feet in diameter, but terrorized the beach community nevertheless. Now, how is it terrorizing? It just showed up. <laughs> yeah, what are you, soft? <laughs> Quote, it's miserable, ugly, and disgusting. <laughs> Said resident Nancy Olivia in the press of Atlantic City. You know what? She sounds miserable, yeah, ugly, and absolutely. disgusting. <laughs> Olivia called Ocean County officials to say, quote, I went to work today and I have a blob in my backyard. <laughs> wow. Calm Dude, down a there. Nice way to talk about your husband. Yeah. Calm down, Nancy. <laughs> the New Jersey Department of uh, Environmental <laughs> Protection, the New Jersey State Police and Ocean County Health Department were called in to inspect the mass and samples were taken. The inspectors oh. believed that it was not the same blob that appeared in Little Egg Harbor the prior year, but still didn't have a clue as to what it consisted of. It smelled like rotten eggs. Blech. <laughs> and measured about 8 foot by 10 foot. Most scientists think it was just a mass of algae or plant waste. We like to think it's something creepier, of course. Yeah, absolutely. It's always something creepier. The blob might just be the most disgusting and frightening thing ever encountered at the Jersey Shore, with the possible exception of some cast members from the TV show of the same name. <laughs> The blob may hey still <laughs> the blob may still be a large and uh, at large and lurking in the depths. So if you guys are out there, be careful of 
the blob. Blab. And son of blob. Blab. <laughs> probably the same fucking blob. Yeah, it probably is. On top of those, there are uh, the numerous Bigfoot sightings. Yeah, this is what Moody likes. Fucking A right, man. These are for sure our people. They are out there, and we know they are. All right, maybe with an axe. Maybe mm-hmm. not. Yeah. In some areas of Jersey, they use the nickname Big Red Eye. As many reports state, he has glowing red eyes. Ooh. Yeah. So it's kind of like the Mothman, but of Bigfoot stature? Mothfoot? Mothfoot. Big Moth. <laughs> big, big Moth. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty amazing. It'd be good, um, yeah. Sussex and Burlington County seem to be hotspots as they are the top counties for sightings. Here are a few sightings just because we love Bigfoot. In 1975, five people reported in a local Sussex County newspaper that a large creature about nine feet tall was spotted near the Bear Swamp south of Lake uh, Awasa. Lake Awasa. Sure. Mufasa. <laughs> in the farthest reaches of Sussex County, the creature walked upright and was covered with a uh, with shaggy gray hair. Locals who hunt and fish in the surrounding forest said that it's possible that something like that could exist because of the remoteness of the area. Mm-hmm. In May of 1977, a Sussex County farmer in the town of Wantage report, uh, reported that a large, brown, hairy, Bigfoot-like creature with no neck and glowing red eyes had broken down a one-inch thick oak door and killed his rabbits. Some of the bunnies' heads were actually torn off, while other hairs were crushed and twisted. The man said there were uh, there was an, an unusual absence of blood at the scene. Mm. Four men waited with loaded guns the following night for the creature to return. It reappeared at dusk, was shot at, and reportedly hit at least three or four times before running away growling. Although there was um, an account of the wounded beast reemerging a few days later, no carcass was ever found. What do you think of that? That's fucking creepy, man. I do think that's creepy. I, uh, you know, it might not be a Bigfoot. That could be something. Could be the Jersey Devil. I don't know. What? Doing all that shit. Maybe. I don't know. Red eyes. The some red of, eyes throw me off. Some of that stuff sounds like. It's throwing me off with the red eyes. Doesn't, some of the stuff doesn't sound like Bigfoot behavior. How do we know? Fair point. A typical. A typical Bigfoot. Bigfoot yeah. behavior. What we, what we quote unquote know about Bigfoot <laughs> behavior. <laughs> what we, and we know so much. So Bob Worth, a member of SITU, the Society for the Investigation of Unexplained, based in Little Silver, New Jersey, claims these Bigfoot-like entities may be UFO-related. What? Boom. Quote, Dude, there's a huge movement out there that think Bigfoot and UFOs are all connected. (laughs) What? You didn't know that? (laughs) I did not know that. Oh, well. Oh, what? I'm just, yeah. Quote, we know what robots are, says Worth. Is there a possibility that these Bigfoots with superhuman strength are an extraterrestrial, extra-testicle, (laughs) biological robot? Wait, hold on, what? (laughs) Hold on. This whole sentence is hurting my head right now. He says, quote, we know what robots are, says Worth. Is there a possibility that these Bigfoots with superhuman strength are an extraterrestrial biological robot up in North Jersey? These farmers encountered a Bigfoot stealing animals from their barn. They shot at it, hit it right in the body cavity, but there was no blood. It then ran away. When you witness something like that, the first thing you do is relate it to yourself, physically and mentally. If you shoot it, you're going to shoot where you know the heart is or whatever to uh, whatever to be to bring it down. First of all, you don't know what kind of armor it has. And secondly, the brain or control system may be in his feet for that very purpose. If it is a biological robot. End quote. <laughs> what so this guy is saying that the big feet that are being encountered the red eyes 
because he thinks he's saying that they could be extraterrestrial biological robots. Okay, we got to research Bob Worth a little bit more. We got to find out a little bit more about this guy because he sounds like I want to party with this guy. He sounds, yeah. he sounds fun. <laughs> <laughs> According to the report on the Bigfoot uh, Field Researchers Organization website, this witness and his brother-in-law were hunting in an area that had frequented they had frequented for several years and heard a sound that neither of them could explain. The sighting, which took place in 2006, was recounted as follows. Quote, The deer stood there for about a minute or two, mostly looking to the north and east, then turned directly south and walked away. Shortly after this moment, I heard a screaming sound coming from the east. The sound had a human quality to it and sounded more angry than distressed. I immediately thought my brother-in-law was hollering for some reason as he was in the direction, but chose not to contact him via radio. There were several short 10-second screams lasting a little over a minute and then stopped. I sat there completely perplexed, having never heard a sound like that before. After this, I noticed the conspicuous absence of any sound or movement in the forest. Prior to this, the woods have been had been filled with the sound of twittering birds and chattering squirrels. After this, the forest was dead quiet. This was the most eerie part of the whole event. Okay, now wait a minute. Just going back over this little statement. Yeah, please do. So his brother-in-law, he thought it was his brother-in-law hollering for some reason in that direction. And there were several short 10-second screams, but he never radioed to see if his brother-in-law was okay. Right. <laughs> I, Jersey, what the fuck are you guys doing over here? Bro, I don't, I don't know, man. What? Yeah, I don't know, man. I mean, if you and I went out someplace and you weren't near me, and you, I heard screams. I'm going to make sure it's not you. I would do the same. <laughs> <laughs> After this incident, the witness found a sound file from another website dedicated Ooh. to Bigfoot encounters. He and his brother-in-law agree that it was similar to what they had heard. And then there are the stories of the big hairy man. No, it is not Moody. <laughs> He's only been to Jersey a couple of times, and uh, we're pretty sure the timelines don't match up to nope. any sightings. Possibly. Maybe. We don't know. There might have been one or two. Yeah, yeah. A Bigfoot-like entity has been seen in the regions of Somerset County, including the Great Swamp Area and the Somerset Hills. The locals call it the Big Hairy Man. And he has even been spotted as far away as Hillside. The lamest name. <laughs> what was it? I don't know. Big Hairy Man? Well, all right then. And we're going to write that down. All right. <laughs> Quote, unquote, <laughs> saw a Big Hairy Man. I could print that, right? Okay. Anyway, according to the eyewitness reports, the big hairy man stands about eight feet tall and is covered with hair the color of a deer's. He walks Ooh. upright with a human gait. According to a bone specialist and a physical therapist who encountered the big hairy man while taking a shortcut through the Great Swamp on Lord Sterling Road in a hurry to reach the airport. Why does everything sound so goddamn regal in this state? Yeah, well, it's old. It's a shit pile. But it's old. Lord Regal. <laughs> <laughs> Lord, a wrestler? Lord Sterling. Uh, I don't know. Lord St was it? Stephen Regal. Yeah, he was a wrestler. Yeah, it was. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I remember he used to come out with yeah, the, the looking like, yeah, yeah douchebag. They claimed the big hairy man walked in front of their car and hopped the fence alongside the road. They could not see his face because he or it was looking down. These sightings, according to the Folklore Project in Bernardsville, have occurred for many years. So we'll finish up uh, with, with a story about Big Red Eye here. <laughs> So, quote, not that I'm a big believer of urban legend and folklore, but I must tell you this story because after reading about the big red eye in a recent issue, I got the chills. My wife and I live in Westwood now, but we're formerly from Mawa. One night early last summer. Of course. <laughs> of course they are. Right. We were walking our dog in our condo development, Paddington Square in Mawa, and heard this guttural sound that scared us so much that we called the police. 
I've heard just about every animal noise imaginable, and I've got to tell you, this was the strangest thing I've ever heard. It wasn't a dog or bear, but it was big and angry and had red eyes. I estimate it was roughly 30 yards from us. We were standing by a streetlight on the sidewalk. I told my wife to pick up the dog and go into the street and walk home slowly. I was shaking in my boots as I slowly backed up, keeping my eyes on the brush. We made it home and called the police, not once, but twice, to find out what oh, the hell the thing was. Twice they called the police? Yeah. yeah. It's a lot of times. Yeah, but not three times. Why not? I don't know. Maybe that, Is that too much? Not for Bigfoot. Oh. Well, quote, he says, they investigated but found nothing. To this day, my wife and I wonder what it was. And that's Mike V that said that. Mike. Mikey V. Mikey V. Our good friend, Mikey V. Fucking Mikey V. I have no idea who that is. If you're listening, Mikey V, get a hold of us. <laughs> I want to hear more about this. We want to know more. So He's now, hilarious. You get an email from this guy. Like, <laughs> hey, my name's Mike V. Yeah, I heard you guys show. That was me, man. <laughs> so now that we've got the cryptids out of the way, we have another creepy haunted road. Texas has a shitload of haunted bridges. Jersey has haunted roads. Yes. There's always something. Damn it. Dude, like, I had to weed out the haunted roads in Jersey when I was yeah. going through this shit. Yeah, I had to vet them. Yeah. yeah. It was almost as bad as the bridges in Texas. <laughs> so this may be the greatest road name ever, though. It is called <clears throat> Shades of Death Road. Yes. Yep, that's its real name. It's a two-lane rural road uh, about seven miles in length, weaving from farm country just off I-80 along a portion of Jenny Jump State Forest. Yeah. Another great name. Riding the edge of the unofficially but aptly named Ghost Lake. Ooh. The road is the subject of folklore and numerous local legends. One tale relating to the uh, to murder says that the original inhabitants of the area surrounding Shades of Death were an unruly band of squatters. Often, men from this vile gang would get into fights over women, and the squabbles would result in the death of one of the participants. As the reputation of these murderous bandits grew, the area they inhabited was named Shades of Death. When the civilized world encroached on and disbanded the bandits, the last remnant of their control over the meadows was restricted to one road that retained the name they made famous. Like, you motherfuckers gonna stay on this road, and that's it. You get one road. Yeah. You stay You stay here. All right? Don't go nowhere. <laughs> Stop killing each other. Now go on, get. We're in West Virginia now? <laughs> oh, yeah, it's Jersey. But that's back in the... Anyway, uh, another murder theory says that the road was originally... Theory. Thir- another murder theory. <laughs> Fuck off. Another murder theory says that the road was originally known as The Shades because of the low-hanging trees, which formed a canopy over the length of the street. Legend says that over time, many murders occurred there and many stayed unsolved, causing local residents to add the sinister of death twist to the formerly pleasant Shades name. Of death. What road do you live on? Um, Columbia of death. <laughs> Just start doing that after everything. It's yeah. <laughs> amazing. Oh, man. What, what, what street do you live on again? Me, I live on Harrison. Of death. <laughs> <laughs> So one of those legends in that many years ago, a car of teenagers was driving down a country road in Hackettstown, New Jersey after the prom. The road was slippery that night and it curved sharply to the left and right, winding it into the dark. The driver lost control and the car crashed into a ditch, killing one of the passengers. To this day, on the dark and slippery nights, you can still see the girl who died wandering that murderous curve wearing her prom dress. Fucking creepy. Sound familiar? That prom. sound a little... Someone died in a prom dress on the road. What's her name? Annie? She was not okay. She was not okay. There are the stories of the random pillars of steam rising from the lake that Ooh. people attribute to the souls of dead Indians that settlers tossed into the lake. Oh, Fucked up. That's not nice. Nope. The phenomena is also called the Great Meadows Fog. People claim to see the dead walking in the mist. The road was also the site of many deaths that were once attributed to a curse in the area. 
The deaths are also sometimes blamed on a plague caused by the waters in the lake, said to have been a malaria outbreak. Yeah. Yes, sir. Malaria <laughs> outbreak. Yikes. Lenape Lane is an unpaved one-lane dead-end street about three-quarters of a mile in length, running eastward off shades, off shades of death, just north of I-80. <laughs> It ends at a farmhouse uh, for which it is a little more than a driveway, but halfway down there is a space to park or turn around next to a wooden structure described as looking like an abandoned stable. Weird New Jersey writes that visitors to the stable site at night, uh, wait, the stable site at night, sorry, uh, have reported extremely local fog surrounding it and seeing apparitions in it, or sometimes even in clear weather, and also claim the air is sometimes unusually chilly and feeling general unease in the area for no immediate apparent reason. It's it's Bigfoot. It's Robot Bigfoot. Robot. <laughs> That's a new shirt. It's coming. All right. Robot. We can team up with the fecal fighters. Yes. Oh my God! This is going to be amazing. It's it's it's, it's just it perpetually going. Oh, I love it. So good. Dude. Fucking love it. In addition, uh, legend claims that uh, sometimes nocturnal visitors to Lanape see an orb of white light appear near the end of the road, which chases vehicles back at uh, out to shades of death. And if it turns red in the process, those who see it will die. Wow. It's fucked up. This may be due to an old tree near the end of Lanape that was never cut down when the road was built. As a result, the road forks right before the tree, and a big red reflector has been nailed to the tree to warn drivers. <laughs> yeah. Another legend says that if one uh, uh, one circles around the tree and drives down the road again at midnight, a red light will shine and the driver will never survive. Jesus. There are some legends concerning a Native American spirit guide who supposedly Ooh. takes the shape of a deer and appears at various points along the road at night. Okay. If drivers see him and do not slow down sufficiently enough to avoid a collision, they will soon get into a serious accident with a deer. Why wouldn't you slow down? You see a deer standing in the road? Yeah, I don't. I don't you should. Speaking of almost hitting animals, sorry, sidebar. Uh, what? Nothing good. I was, uh, I was driving yesterday. I was on my street, mind you. Okay. So my daughter had her birthday party. This is set up to this. Daughter had her birthday party on Friday. at uh, We rented uh, the movie theater. Oh, nice. You can rent it out. Like, you know, it's a good deal, man. It was cool for the kids. So um, what movie did you watch? She wanted to watch Princess and the Frog. You can bring your own movies and they'll play whatever you want. Oh, that's awesome. That's yeah, pretty sweet. Awesome. So she had a good time and we had a giant thing of pink lemonade left. Okay. Sitting in my cup holder. Oh, boy. Doesn't quite fit in the cup holder, but it was kind of wedged in there, right? Okay. So I'm driving down my road, and I see this squirrel start to run out in the street. So I'm, like, watching it, and I'm like, eh, he's not going to go. And then I notice that he's being attacked by two birds, right? I'm like, and I'm, like, <laughs> watching him. I'm like, what the fuck? <laughs> he bolts out into the street and stops when he sees me coming. And as he stops, the two birds fly out after him and, like, start going after him again. And then he takes off in front of my car, so I have to slam on my brakes so I don't hit two birds and a squirrel and there goes the pink lemonade pink lemonade flies forward and i have like a console in the front right of uh that you just like there's like two cup holders and then like a like a console like a just an area you can throw shit in fucking spilled out filled up the console with fucking pink lemonade i'm just looking at it like <laughs> god damn it <laughs> fucking squirrel so i found a pair of uh warm-up pants in the back and just shoved it in there <laughs> to, to try to soak it up oh. and then the first turn i made like i i didn't shove it in there all the way all this fucking pink lemonade just comes pouring out the side of the fucking thing, like down the side onto the floor. I'm like, God damn it. <laughs> so, could have been an Indian guy. Yeah, it could have been. Is what I'm saying. Yeah, it probably was. That's why I didn't die yesterday. Yeah, good good for you. Yeah. Good. From a fucking squirrel being attacked by birds. 
It's crazy. I, I don't hear. Sorry, it I just often. wanted to. I just thought that was funny. Yeah, I, don't, I don't hear about uh, squirrels being attacked was, by birds. Very it was often. ridiculous. No, well, sometimes shit happens. Yeah. <laughs> don't. <laughs> Another legend tells of a bridge where if drivers stop past midnight, it's a bridge. If drivers pass uh, stop past midnight with their high beams on and honk their horns three times, they will see the ghosts of two young children who were run over while playing on the road. This legend actually refers to a bridge over the Flat Brook on Old Mine Road, not far from the Shades of Death. The bridge is no longer accessible by car as a newer, larger bridge has been built next to it. The original bridge can still be reached by foot. And if you guys would like to hear something similar to that, Please go back to our very first horrible episode that we did on Gore Orphanage. It's yeah. very familiar. It's you like get in every, your car, you like flash your lights. It's yeah. somewhere. Yeah, yeah, man. And then there are the Polaroids. The site where yeah. Weird New Jersey, which is all about weird stuff in New Jersey and, uh, you know, quite on the nose there, has a page about Shades of Death Road. Now, if you go to their page for Shades of Death Road and check out the tags at the bottom of the page, you'll see one that says Polaroids. But the story article itself never mentions Polaroids. From what we could find back in the 1990s when Weird New Jersey was a magazine, they shared a story from two readers who claimed to have found hundreds of odd photos while checking out Shades of Death Road. Some of the Polaroids showed a TV on different channels and others showed various women bound and apparently in distress. Weird New Jersey, New Jersey turned the photos over to the local police, but after that, the story kind of weirdly ends with the police supposedly losing the Polaroids. So were the Polaroids taken by a serial killer similar to that of the BTK killer in Kansas? Or were they a hoax? The lack of any solid information on them and the idea that the police lost hundreds of Polaroids makes most think that it was just a hoax. Still, if you Google for Shades of Death Road Polaroids, some of the images actually do come up. So I That's did, I did, well, I did look for it. And uh, so I did, of course, I'm going to Google that. Of course. My fucking history is whatever, but. Um, oh, we're both on watch lists. I'm, dude, I'm sure. probably think I'm a serial killer. Yeah, yeah, we're on watch lists for sure. Um, but it. It's weird, like a lot of the same pictures come up, and like there's, I, I didn't see any that were like really, like oh my god, like bound women or anything, like nothing like that. But there was like a couple pictures that popped, that kept popping up of like the same woman, and then there was a picture of the site where they supposedly found them, and like it was a picture like in the woods, and there was just like fucking Polaroid pictures like all over the ground and shit like that. So like there's, the other thing is you gotta you gotta take. <clears throat> Excuse me. Take it with a grain of salt because you don't know what those pictures are really from. They're old Polaroids. They could be from fucking anywhere, and someone could have just labeled it. Someone's garbage could have burst open, and it could have been anything. Yeah. Well, yeah, or like someone could have just found a creepy old Polaroid and, and labeled it as one of the New Jersey, you know, the fucking Polaroids found at this place. You right. Know what I mean, so. Yeah, that's crazy. It's still creepy, though. Yeah, no, it, it is. is creepy, especially yeah. not knowing where they came from and i know? didn't i mean i looked into like police reports and shit i didn't really like I, I googled that to try to see if there was any stories about it or anything like i didn't find much so i i don't know still pretty creepy yeah. if you guys know about the the polaroids please let me know i, yeah. I want to know more about that like if your cousin's uncle's brother's son's grandma owned a polaroid camera it might have been her right on the nose got yep. it we got it cool okay so how about some good old haunted buildings Ooh. everyone loves haunted buildings except pussies Dude. they don't like haunted buildings you pussies is that I don't, are we allowed to say that anymore what pussies is that one of those ones that people are coming after i don't know fuck them they are i don't care come at me bro you pussy some of those words that the women are gonna be like, well, I don't like that word. No, they don't like the c word. I think pussy. Cunt. Is okay. Yes. <laughs> like, oh, was I not supposed to say it? Sorry. <laughs> I was trying to avoid it too, and you just you threw it right out there. I yeah. Know, just... Yeah. 
They don't seem to like that word. I'm winging it. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know what's going on. So one of the most haunted houses in America is the Spy House, built in 1648, added onto and moved to its present-day site as a tavern during the Revolutionary War, which is cool as shit. Yeah, that's one thing I was doing, doing the research on this one. It's just there's so much old, old shit. Yeah, that's amazing. And it's like, of course it's going to be haunted. Bro. Right. It was frequented by British troops. It was. Yeah. Those bastards. Fucking redcoats. Hey, I'm from British lineage. You're a goddamn hill folk from West Virginia. <laughs> from British lineage. <laughs> British hill folk? Yeah, 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 it's a thing. The tavern owner would tell the colonial troops about British plans of attack. For many years, it was open to the public as a historical museum, but just a couple of years ago, it was closed to the public. Those bastards. Quite simply, it is one of the most haunted houses in the country, with not one, but up to five different spirits haunting it. That's a shitload for one house. A female spirit dressed in white has been seen walking from room to room looking for her crying baby. That seems uh, familiar to a bunch of other ones. A full-bearded old sea captain is also known hey. to roam the in halls. Hey, where's my fucking bear? I'm going to find that guy. I want to go find that guy. Yeah, and a small uh, ghost of a boy has been seen peering out of windows. Okay. Even the infamous pirate Captain Morgan was known to hide treasures in the house's basement and conduct sordid business and tortures in the old house. Pretty I mean, cool. Of course. That's awesome. Why Why wouldn't you? He's actually been seen in ghostly form threatening children <laughs> and others who visited the museum. <laughs> Hi, you little bastard. <laughs> you, come here. Want some candy? I don't have any. <laughs> don't make me get the raccoons. <laughs> this ghostly activity has been going on for years. So the spy house once touted 22 active ghosts. Ooh. Longtime vol volunteer curator Gertrude Needlinger. <laughs> she sounds it's beautiful. Definitely. Dude. <laughs> Needlinger. She may be Gertrude gorgeous. Needlinger. She, she listen. If that ain't Jersey, I don't know uh, what is. She may be a stunning woman i didn't see any pictures I'm, okay i'm gonna look her up but she would show I videos she looks exactly like she said <laughs> this sounds you gotta like look her up you gotta look her up all right but she used to show videos of the seances in october 1993 uh, needlinger uh, was locked out of the museum after a dispute with the spy house museum corp uh, corporation excuse me the board claimed she continued to lead ghost tours through the house with visitors carrying lit candles and posing a fire hazard <laughs> so this bitch was just <laughs> they did not want her there in 1992, while it was still an antique-cluttered, spirit-infested treasure of the Jersey Bay Shore, 13 nights of ghost tours drew about 1,800 people. Gertrude, an elderly woman who, by most accounts, was a colorful character with a vivid imagination, would spin yarns of the house's past. Oh, so she made sweaters. <coughs> I, I think it's a, a, um, a, a metaphor. Yeah. I don't, oh. I don't think she was actually spinning. Is that one of those things that fall, falls from space? Metaphor? Yes. That's a metaphor. Yeah. yeah. Metaphor, right? We'll talk later. <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll discuss it later, Moody. And uh, she would talk about ghosts and espionage as she walked vi uh, visitors around the museum. That's oh, the boy. Red. She's just a little old lady. Also, oh, on the red? She looks like someone's grandma. Aw, Gertrude. She does. All right, I like Gertrude. I take back me saying that she sounds ugly. Anyway, though most historians today bristle Man. at the tales she told, they will admit that Needlinger's narratives gained quite a bit of attention for the house in the public's eye. Ghost stories that began to circulate about the spy house soon became the primary focus of the homestead's appeal, much to the chagrin of the local historians. Here's a couple of tales of ghostly <laughs> happenings. This shit is not true! Stop it! <laughs> yeah. Gertrude, come on! Seriously! No, there's no ghosts in here. <laughs> so, first of all, there's the spy house ghost boy. One morning, uh, this is, quote, One morning, my friend Dave's parents went to visit the old spy house museum in Port Monmouth. Monmouth. What? Monmouth. Mount Mahal. Monmouth. Mahogany? Monmouth. Mon Monmouth. 
Mon. Mammoth. Mon. Monday. Say Mon. Hey, Mon. <laughs> There you go. <laughs> in Port Monmouth. They were there at the appointed uh, opening time, but the curator wasn't the curator was not there. After about a half hour of waiting, they said, quote, the hell with it and left. As they were getting back into their car, my friend's father looked up and pointed out a uh, kid about 10 or 12 years old looking at them from the upstairs window. His dad said that the kid had on one of those puffy shirts that they used to wear in the old days. As they watched, he slowly backed away from the window. Just then, the curator drove up and apologized for being late. They told her that they had seen a young boy in the upstairs window. She said no one is supposed to be in there. She opened the house up, and together they searched the place, but found no one. And that was from Ray. Is that? Oh, yeah, you that's can see. It's a picture. Movie showing me a picture right now of the I'll ghostly po- I'll little boy. I'll post it, but yeah. that's supposedly a, uh, that's the boy at the ghost of okay. uh, the spy house. All right. Yeah, we'll post so. that up on our Instagram right now and, and see what you guys think. I will do it right now. Right, right now. So it'll be there. So when you guys listen to this, you're going to go back and you're going to, oh, there it is. That's what they were talking about. Let's talk about the rocking chair ghost. Let's. On the way back from a very fun day at the water park in Keensburg, my dad decided to show... Oh, quote. Sorry. I have to make sure to do that. (laughs) My dad decided to show my sister and myself the spy house. When we got there, we looked into the windows. It was extremely dark inside and everything was locked. When we made it to the left side of the house, my dad noticed something moving inside the house. Mm -hmm. I just shrugged it off as nothing, but then when I was looking in the same upstairs window, I noticed that the rocking chair moved. I was scanning all the windows to see if I could see anything else unusual, and I clearly saw a man sitting in a rocking chair reading. It couldn't have been a uh, oh, what? It couldn't have been a ranger because yeah, he was like wearing a, like a fucking park ranger. Oh, yeah. oh, I was like, what? It couldn't have been a ranger because he was what, wearing are you a oh. fucking park ranger now. <laughs> yeah, wait, what the fuck? Uh, because he was wearing old clothes and was sitting in the dark reading in a locked-up house. We snapped a picture and ran, and as we pulled away, a ranger pulled up and unlocked the doors, so we assume it must have been a ghost. That was from Allie. Boom. Yeah. That's creepy. What else would it be? Yeah, I mean, it's got to be. But let's talk about Ringwood Manor. Ringwood. Yeah, according to the caretakers, Ringwood Manor is one of the most haunted places on the East Coast. I thought that's what you got, like, from dirty wrestling mats and shit. Ringwood Manor. <laughs> yeah, it was like a skin disease, you know? <laughs> man, I got that Ringwood, man. It looks infected. Got that Ringwood. <laughs> so it has uh, layer upon layer of legend, myth, and folklore. The Native Americans would even call it the haunted woods. In fact, before the home was built, prehistoric artifacts were found on the grounds of Ringwood's uh, Ringwood confirming Native American occupation of the site dating back to the archaic and woodlands periods of prehistory. These Muncie speaking Lenape peoples lived in, is it Lenape or Lanape? <laughs> Fucking no. We're going to say Lenape. Okay. I didn't look up any pronunciation right. for that one. Which is good because this next word is going to kill me. Oh, yeah? Uh, Anyway, so these people lived in a hunting and farming paradise at the head of the Topamapak. (laughs) Topamapak? Ah, the old Topamopak. Topamopak. There you go. You got it. Topamopak. (laughs) Or the Ringwood River Valley and traded with other natives in the Pompton area. The Nanapi recognize special earth forces at work here. And as long as their memory is, this has been sacred ground with supernatural occurrences attributed to the area. Perhaps it is the Earth's immense magnetism at Ringwood that affects all type of matter. It is said that the Highlands region was a gathering place for all of the uh, the diverse prehistoric Native Americans of the Northeast. That's kind of fucking cool. Mm-hmm. Wow. While the forces remain a mystery, it was known that there were lots of iron in the hills and valleys of Ringwood. As such, in 1742, the Ogden family established the Ringwood Company and built the first blast furnace to begin mining and selling the iron. So lots of iron in the ground. Lots. By seventeen seventy. Well, if you remember, if you remember from our Jersey Devil episode, yes, in the Pine Barrens, they did that. They mined that bog iron or whatever was like the big, 
yes. big industry out there. Yes. So yeah. yeah. So by 1771, the last iron master of the American Iron Company, Robert Erskine, was sent from England. Man, the last iron master. That's a TV show right there. Absolutely, the last iron master. Ooh, wait a minute. The last iron master. That's the robot Bigfoot. There you go. Boom. Boom. That's it. Biological He's, robot Bigfoot. Name. The last that's iron master. That's his real name is yes. the last iron master. Yes. Oh, it's coming to fruition, oh folks. Oh, God. This is amazing. So Robert Erskine would manage the company during the Revolutionary War. The iron mine at the site helped to supply the Continental Army with components of the chain system used to defend the Hudson River, camp ovens, and domestic tools and hardware. After the war, Martin J. Ryerson, <laughs> Ry Ned Ryerson. <laughs> Dude, I didn't even think of that. Holy yes! shit. How did I not think of that? Uh, that there is a uh, Groundhog, Groundhog Day yeah, reference. Groundhog Day, yeah. It's me, Ned Ryerson. <laughs> he purchased the historical ironworks in 1807 and began building the first section of the present manor circa 1810. The home was uh, a small, 10-room, federal-style building. In 1853, the Ryerson's house and property were purchased by Peter Cooper, Cooper purchased the 19,000-acre site, which included the Long Pond Ironworks area for $100,000. Cooper's iron business, Trenton Ironworks, was managed by his son, Edward, and his son's business partner, Abraham S. Hewitt. Additions to the manor were constructed in 1864, 1875, 1900, and 1910. Eventually, the iron industry moved further west in America, and Ringwood's iron mines finally closed. In 1938, the Hewitt family donated Ringwood Manor and its contents to the state of New Jersey, preserved as a historic house museum and the state park and state park ringwood manor and its grounds are excellent examples of victorian wealth and lifestyle now why did we tell you all that why did we tell you all that because we like to give you guys history that's exactly why okay it's interesting we know you're fucking nerds just like we are it's interesting soak it up plus the history of a building lends to why it may be haunted correct you know what i'm saying right. on a side note um, and we'll discuss it later because I don't want to say it right now on the show. Okay. But I have a an episode episode idea that is going to be full bore nerd. All right. Yeah, like full nerd. Like okay. Like like time travel episode nerd. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. It'll be okay. Fun. It'll be fun. Yeah. 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 Let's we'll talk about that. So let's talk about these hauntings. All right. In total, there are four different places that are said to be haunted. If you wander the halls of the manor uh, house at night, guests commonly meet the ghost of a servant known as Jackson White, who haunts a small bedroom on the second floor. Legend states that in early 1900s, uh, Jackson worked as a servant for the family, but was caught stealing food from the pantry in the middle of the night. Uh oh, dick. Uh -oh. One of the white, uh, one of the white workers beat the man to death in this room. So I'm assuming he was of uh, African American. Yeah, sounds like it. That sucks. Many visitors have heard noises coming from the empty room. Footsteps, sounds of heavy objects dropping, soft crying, and they keep finding the bedroom door ajar and the bed rumpled. And it actually uses the word rumpled. So messy. It's a messy bed. That sounds like someone's going in there and getting busy. <laughs> squeaka, squeaka, squeaka. It's a ghost. No, it's not. <laughs> Behind the manor pond is the grave where owner General uh, Robert Erskine is buried. The locals are afraid to come near the graves because at dusk, General Erskine can be seen sitting on his grave, gazing across the pond. Why the hell wouldn't you want to go see that, though? What do you mean uh, you're scared of that? Go look at it. That'd yeah. be fucking awesome I'd, if you could I'd see that. I'd be interested in shit. Yeah. I'd, I'd go. I'd, maybe when we're in Jersey, we'll go. <clears throat> when are we going to be in Jersey? If we're ever in Jersey, we'll go. <laughs> the pond itself was created for a young woman known as Sally, who can also be seen around the graves. She meets guests with music as well as flowery fragrances. Oh, again, why wouldn't you not go? Yeah, that actually sounds nice. It sounds like a pleasant evening. It sounds very nice. For four dudes to have a picnic together. Yes. <laughs> On their boat. 
So let's I mean, talk it's about on a lake. <laughs> it is. Let's talk about some French soldiers. Oh, also, uh-huh. also, <laughs> it is the French. Ah, <laughs> oh, this one will be there great. He is. It's going to be fantastic. Yeah. Can I read this one? Absolutely. Oh, this is fantastic. Also, near Erskine, it is said that there is an unmarked grave filled with remains of French soldiers who fought during the Revolutionary War. Wow. Oh. Okay. During the day, all you can see is a depression in the grass near the general's grave. Ooh, all right. But it is believed that at night, when the lights are out and the moon hangs brightly over the manor, the dead return to walk around the pond. Wow. And gaze over the shore in search of their loved ones. Oh, that's, that's very poetic. Sometimes you can hear soft, sad voices speaking in French. French, man, even in death, they're very... What's the word I'm looking for? Eloquent. Yeah. Fantastic. Yeah, very like... Mm. Okay, I'm gone. The last haunting is the grounds itself, which were said to hold an ancient Indian burial ground. Of course. Right. <laughs> you uh, moved the... Ah, <laughs> uh, you moved the stones, but not the graves. When the house was built um, over these remains, <laughs> along came a curse in haunting, which was resulting in various strange occurrences to visitors who say that a dark energy can be felt. Others claim that spirits come home with them. Actually, sounds pretty cool. Yeah, no, absolutely. I think that sounds... It sounds like a cool spot. Yeah, it sounds... Uh, I would go check it out. Magnific- it's magnificent. A, it's like, it sounds haunted, but like nicely haunted. Yeah. Yeah, it's nice. Like you get ghost ladies greeting you with like nice fragrances and music and... No, like French soldiers just just looking for their loved ones, hanging man. around, eating cheese, talking in French, talking in French, hating Americans. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, <laughs> can't blame them. Yes, it's true. So, uh, not nice. Quote: A purported meeting place for the KKK, notorious suicide site, and rumored gateway to the depths of hell. Wow. Yes, that was the first description of the Devil's Tree that we found, oh. and uh, had to put it in there. So, yeah, sounds yeah, fun. No. Well, it's not exactly a building. Thrillist named the Devil's Tree one of the most haunted places in America and the most haunted in New Jersey. There sure seems to be an awful lot of those haunted places in New Jersey like that. Yeah, yeah well, I, I mean, I just found another place that's supposedly the most haunted place. I don't know. <laughs> Anything for marketing, I guess, right? The Devil's Tree is an infamous among locals and has evolved into a chilling tourist attraction, Ooh. according to Thrillist. Quote, legend has it anyone who harms the tree will suffer swift and violent retribution. So naturally, it has become a tradition for ballsy teens across the Garden State to pee on its trunk. Yep, just read that. Yeah, from... <laughs> but, but you're not really damaging the tree by peeing on it. Yeah, but do you want to be peed on? I mean, like, you might piss it off. No pun intended. <laughs> if I was that close to a horse's wiener, I'd be worried about getting pissed on. <laughs> the infamous tree stands alone in an open field off Mountain Road in Bernard's Township, right on the border of the Martinsville section of Bridgewater, and continues to draw in thrill seekers from all over the Garden State and beyond. Very nice. Legend has it that the tree has been cursed since oh, as far back as the 1920s when a group of KKK members, those fucks, were ru- rumored to hold cross burnings and hangings off the limbs of the tree. <laughs> Yuck. Basking Ridge historian, or uh, or also known as MrLocalHistory.org, <laughs> yeah. Brooks Betts confirmed there were, in fact, an active KKK clan located just down the road on the Bridgewater side near Route 202-206 and Brown Road. Anybody Re- lives out that way, go fuck those people up. Yeah, kick them right in the dicks. Where the Hindu temple now stands. 
However, oh, the clan. Right, never mind. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Don't don't kick the Hindus. <laughs> yeah. Please, please don't go there and fuck those people up. <laughs> yeah. Be nice to them. However, the clan activities have not been proven. Quote: One of the different rumors is that one of the guys, a grand wizard of the clan, who owned the property of Bridgewater, would hold a series of KKK activity and cross burnings. And instead of doing it on the Bridgewater property, they did it. They did it on the tree. I like I like that they call them activities. Yeah. Activities. Like they're out there like making like fucking macaroni art yeah. and shit, crocheting, <laughs> knitting their. White gowns. Fucking bingo going oh, on. God, no, they're not activities. God, I mean, I guess they are. But they're really bad activities. Yeah. There were tales of lynching and cross burning, but nothing was substantiated, that says. So another rumor revolves around a farmer who lived in the white mm-hmm. farmhouse that had stood adjacent to the tree, who murdered his entire family at the home and then hung himself on the tree. Look. Yikes. I can't. You don't know what happened. He might have, you know, you don't know what they did. I mean, we weren't there. Yeah, I'm just saying, any of you guys that have families, it's... (laughs) (laughs) All right. (laughs) All right. Whoa. So, Bet said there is no record of the murders ever being reported. I think what Moody's saying is that he loves his family, and he would never allow anything to ever happen to them like that. Right? Correct. Right. Quote, the property then laid dormant until the 1960s when a couple of local kids invented a story about a rogue white pickup truck that would come over the hill and kill you. Okay. That's... That's the whole story. Yeah, that's that's it. Just a random truck. Come, just comes over the hill. It'll kill you. Yeah. Bet said he spoke with one of those boys later. Yeah, yeah. Oh man, I love that movie. They need to read. No, they don't. They don't need to read. Yeah, that no. Movie. Don't no. don't touch it. So Bet spoke to one of the boys later on, who told him that they made up the story and drove the haunted pickup in in attempt. Hey, they drove the pickup. <laughs> yeah. This is this is great. This is my favorite part of this whole thing because like. This is legitimately the beginning of a fucking local legend. And these kids are like, yeah, we did it. We fuck just to fuck with people. All right. They did it to keep people off the property so they could hang out and drink by the tree. So they made up a bullshit story about a haunted white truck that would run you down. Yeah. So people wouldn't come over there so they could just hang out and drink. It's kind of <laughs> ingenious. My kind of people. Yeah. It's kind of ingenious. Wow. I feel like those would have been our friends. Yeah. It might be one of our friends. That's a, yeah. a possibility. You never Absolutely. know. So the tree has since been called a portal to hell because of all the rumors. Quote, supposedly anyone who tries to cut down the unholy oak comes to an untimely end, and it is now cursed. It is said that the souls of those killed at this spot give the tree an unnatural warmth, and even in the dead of winter, no snow will fall around it. Mm. Betts wrote, this is from Betts, of course, as he wrote in a piece about three about the tree years ago. Okay. The tree gained okay. more uh, attention after Weird New Jersey published a story on the tree in 2012. To this day, thrill seekers come out to the tree and try to press their luck and see if they end up cursed. I, quit fucking with the tree. Yeah, well, yeah. Leave like, the fucking tree alone. Even if it's bullshit, like, just, yeah. it's a fucking tree, man. Leave the fucking tree alone. We need trees. Yeah. Some try to touch the tree while others pee on it. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> or try to cut it or burn it down. You can still see the axe and burn marks permanently branded onto the tree. Let's be honest. If you try to cut it down, you should be cursed anyways. Right. You're an asshole. You're a fucking dick face. Yeah, you're an asshole. Many took pieces of the bark as a souvenir or proof that they were at the tree. With much commotion surrounding the tree, the township has designated the area a park where the field and tree are now sanctioned and protected. Good. Yeah. Quit fucking with the fucking yeah, tree. Yeah, absolutely. The tree has a protective chain link fencing around the trunk, and the park remains closed, with Bernard's Township Police patrolling the area. <gasps> I'm going to hold on a second. You got another one? No, I'm good. Okay. I'm good. Bless you. Thank you. That was a random sneeze there, folks. (laughs) Everyone right now is going, holy shit. Okay. I'm sorry. (laughs) (laughs) Betts noted that there is a quote, some element of truth when you look at the rumors, but when you dig deeper, it doesn't all check out. Was there a clan there? Yeah. A white truck? Yeah. There were no hangings proven though. 
And you decide for yourself. Is it real? Is there any truth to it? Or is it just some tree? You decide. I, you know. I think I, that sounds cool. Yeah. I, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, a little tree. Like, uh, you can find pictures of the tree. There's some creepy pictures of it where it looks creepy, like some older pictures of it. Yeah. Yeah, they're like black and white photos and stuff. It, it's, it looks like depending on the time of the year. Like That's awesome. It looks pretty creepy. Yeah, yeah. I'd like to go. So let's check out uh, another uh, another road. What do you think? Another road. Yes, this is Indian Curse Road. Indian Curse Road. It's just a bunch of Indians out there going, fuck swear, you. you. Fuck you, motherfucker. <laughs> Drive by, they throw shit at you. Yeah. Swear. <laughs> hey, fuck off. Actually, so, funny story real quick. Oh, man. This actually, no, this has to do with Jersey. Okay. <clears throat> there is apparently, when I was looking for this, uh, I didn't put it in here because, it, it, I mean, it's definitely creepy, but uh, it's really straightforward. Uh, there's an abandoned, like, mansion or manor or something somewhere that is uh, literally covered from, like, top to bottom in just fucking swear words and curses and shit like that. And, like, they're written out very nicely in, like, lines and shit. This is it in Jersey? Yeah. Why? Yeah, I don't know. And they never painted over it. They never did anything. No, just... I think yeah, I think it's still like that. So it's just it's completely like in the woods. Wrapped. It's just like in the woods. This old decrepit house that has like just fucking like suck my dick and like <laughs> fuck you and like dude. There's pictures of the inside where it's like you're a fucking cunt, Mark. You're a whatever. Like like directed towards certain people at point. Like it's ridiculous. Is it possible that maybe that house is meant? To take negative energy from people. No, probably not. And it holds the negativity from those people in the walls of the house. I doubt it. Why not? It, Ghostbusters, the ooze. You know what I mean? That's true. I mean, I don't. And you know that's real, right? Yeah. All right. So Route 55 has a long history of curious occurrences. No, that's real. <laughs> of course. Home state hauntings in, Mar uh, well, like in March of uh, 1983, the Department of Transportation started construction on a field just off of Route 47 in Deptford between Mantua and Franklin, Franklin, <laughs> in Franklin Township, Franklin Township to build a new 7.2 mile stretch of Route 55. Now, do you say route or route? Um... I don't know. You so it depends. If it's a road, I'll call it a route, like Route 82, whatever. Right. But like, if you're going somewhere, it's a route. Right. Like, what's the quickest route? Okay. But for a road, I say route. Route. Yeah. Route. I say route. I think like Route 66. Yeah, that's true. People yeah. don't call it Route 66. You don't, say route. you don't ever hear Route 66. Anyway, I wonder if that's like a, a regional thing. Possibly. I don't know. I can barely talk as it is, so I'm just wondering what other people think. So two months later, mysterious deaths began to befall the workers involved with the project. Quote, all they had to do was detour around the field, maybe three or four miles, and nothing would have happened, said Carl Pierce in a newspaper article at the time. Pierce, or, or um, Sasham Wyandaga, the chief and medicine man of the Delaware Indians, said the land was an ancient Indian burial ground and therefore sacred. That's, Holy crap, this is the house? That's the outside, yeah. That's part of it. Lick my shithole, lick my asshole, blow it out your asshole, suck my cock, drink my piss. Well, this is a great episode for all you children out there. Wasn't this supposed to be the clean one too? Yeah, for we your didn't. Daughter? This is not the clean one. Oh my god. Yeah, the all inside's right. just. I'll see if I can find a picture of the inside. It's even crazier. You got to post that one up too. Yeah. <laughs> Quote: I told them what would happen if they didn't stop the desecration. Pierce was quoted as saying, "The damage is done. The problem is, I feel sorry for some of the people who will be traveling that road in the future." 
The first unfortunate incident was that of a 34-year-old worker who was run over by an asphalt roller truck. Fuck. If there are ways to not go out, that's one of them. Blech. I just picture what, fucking Roger Rabbit. See, I picture... Uh, uh, um, Doesn't he get... This one dude gets run over by a steamroller, like the cartoon steamroller. I picture... Uh, uh, what is it? Austin Powers. <laughs> yeah! yeah. And he's like 50 Move. yards away. <laughs> Another worker <laughs> fell to his death when he was working on an overpass swept up by unexpected high winds that had apparently come out of nowhere. That sucks too. Soon after those incidents, an inspector fell dead on the job from a brain aneurysm. Yikes. Other workers or members of their family suffered strange maladies. One worker's feet turned black while other workers' family members developed cancer. Jesus. All kinds of shit going on here. What, what is that's a picture from inside the house oh there's a look, picture of the inside look what's of the house. on the floor it's a raccoon <laughs> <laughs> post that one about, dude i got four pictures i'm gonna post them all oh my god that's amazing <laughs> oh man so then a van carrying five department of transportation employees caught fire and blew up holy shit the parents of the killed asphalt worker died during the first week of construction, and a brother and father of another worker died that same week. Holy shit, so lots of death around the building of this fucking place. Yeah, it's crazy. That's crazy. A DOT employee who asked not to be identified because he fears the curse said that Carl Kruger... The <laughs> Fear the curse. <laughs> he, uh, the site engineer for the project, Carl Kruger, would often speak about the curse and the coincidence of the events. The employee informed we're New Jersey that Mr. Kruger had died of cancer shortly thereafter. Uh, could he have been yet another victim of that curse? Sounds kind of likely. That's rough. Oh, my God. So now let's talk about the Devil's Tower. The Devil's Tower was built in 1910 by a millionaire sugar importer named Manuel Rionda. Before it received the name Devil's Tower, it was formerly known as Rio Vista. According to reporting from Forbes, um, the tower was built and dedicated to Rionda's wife, Harriet Rionda, who was buried on nearby land but later moved to Brookside Cemetery in Inglewood. Rumor has it that Mr. Rionda built the tower for his wife so she could look out the New York City skyline. Uh, at, at the New York City skyline. Uh, others believe he built it as a mausoleum or for religious purposes. But even for uh, with Mrs. Rionda's, ah, that name, Rionda's death, and later Mr. Rionda's death in mid-1900s, many believe Harriet Rionda's spirit still lives at the tower. The tower was connected to Rionda's home by an underground tunnel, which is awesome. Yeah. That's super cool. So there's another thing that I would like to get into at some point if we come back to Jersey, because I definitely would like to. Uh, apparently, there's like all these random abandoned tunnels like all over fucking New Jersey, too. No shit. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. According to the local legend uh, story, his wife was looking out of the tower when she saw Manuel with another woman. While she may have suspected infidelity for years, according to reporting from New, New Jersey Magazine, distraught from the site, she jumped off the tower, killing herself. Since her rumored suicide, there have been many reports of hauntings, including people who have said they have been pushed by something unseen. Mm. Others have reported strange noises, and because of this, Manuel locked up the uh, tower filled in the tunnel, connecting the home to the tower, and even removed the elevator leading to the top of the tower, proclaiming, quote, nobody will ever go up there again. That's according to uh, reporting from Try to Scare Me. Ooh, yeah. yeah, try to scare me, bitch. Since that time, people have started calling it Devil's Tower. Witness reports uh, still hearing noises and smelling perfume, while at other times you can hear a scream as the wife jumps from the tower or a workman falls from it. Her ghostly spirit has also been seen as a shadowy figure in the windows. Some have said that if you drive or walk backward around the tower a certain number of times, the devil or Manuel's wife appears. Okay, so um, while, while, <laughs> while writing this one, I was having an issue 
Uh, and that issue was this. Every time that I would go to put that dude's name in there, it would change it from Manuel to Manual. <laughs> Why? Like M-A-N-U-A-L, like fucking Man, like a instruction book. manual. Yeah. Every fucking time. <laughs> Not only on my phone, but on my laptop. It would underline it in blue, and I'd click on it, and it would try to change it to fucking manual. I'm like... It's messed up. Dude... Like, it's a popular uh, name. Exactly. Like, you don't fucking know. Like, <laughs> I was so goddamn frustrated. Stupid technology. So Devil's Tower and the spirits surrounding it clearly seems to be here for good. Keeping a dark cloud around the rich community of Alpine, even after Mr. Rionda's death, there were plans to demolish the tower by the town, but activities were halted and eventually aborted after several workers fell to the death. Mm. So don't fuck with Devil's Tower. No, don't. Yeah. You don't want to do that. Yeah, don't, 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 don't do that. Sorry, I had to mute that real quick. <laughs> so now let's talk about Burlington County Prison. The Burlington County Prison is a historic museum property located next to the Burlington County Jail in Mount Holly Township, Burlington okay. County, New Jersey. Operating from 1811 to uh, 1965, damn, it was the oldest prison yeah. in the nation at the time of its closure. The imposing structure was de uh, designed by Robert Mills, considered to be the first native-born American trained as an architect. That's pretty awesome. Yeah, Mills may be most famous for his government buildings and monuments, including the Treasury Building. Oh, that's cool, and which is actually featured on the back of the ten dollar bill. Kind of full fucking. Cool. Yeah, that's pretty sweet. I didn't know that either. And, I was like, whoa. And the Washington Monument. This guy was this guy was popular. Yeah, he was good. But he also designed several courthouses, churches, and prisons. The Burlington County Prison, built with eighteen inch thick walls made of stone and brick, was designed to hold forty inmates. When it opened, the penitentiary didn't have electricity or running water. It was the first prison in the U.S. constructed to be fireproof, and each cell was heated by a wood-burning fireplace. What? What? The yeah, I, you can find, cell? you can see pictures of it. Each cell's got a little fucking fireplace on it. I thought I, that, I'm like, that doesn't seem safe. And kind of cool, though. No, it's awesome. Yeah, kind of cool. The first, they were warm. Yeah, right. The first floor for perpetrators of less severe crimes had larger windows than the second, which held more serious offenders. A maximum security cell known as the dungeon located on the top floor is flanked by niches. Niches? Niche, niches. I think niches. niches. In this case, it's niche. Niches? A niche. Okay. Niches get stitches. <laughs> For additional guards and has a steel ring on the floor to um, uh, to which a prisoner could actually be chained. Yeah. So they, can so they could chain, them, chain them, up. them up and they wouldn't go any, like right. when they were inspecting cells and shit probably. In 1876, five men punched a hole through the ceiling of their prison cell located at the top floor of Burlington County Prison. Four of the men slipped through the hole onto the roof, climbed down a wood pile, and over the prison yard wall to freedom. The fifth man, upset that he was too large to fit through the small opening, <laughs> didn't wait long enough before he snitched on his cellmate. Dude, can you imagine that guy? Like, everyone's out, and he's like, my turn, and then he's like, eh. Hey, guys, Fuck guys! Guards, guards! They got I was, I was just chasing after them for you. Big man, snitches get stitches. Fucking ass is stuck in the hole. The, I can't get out. The warden responded immediately to the alarm, but only two of the four escapees were ever caught and returned to the prison. The early laws of New Jersey required that prisoners uh, convicted of capital crimes had to be executed by the county in which they were convicted. Except for two of the earliest executions in the, in the 1830s, one of which was a woman, the other a young man named Joel Clo, Clog, Clough. Clough? Clough. Yeah. Public hangings took place in the prison yard on gallows erected for each event. The first two mentioned were carried out on public lands at a crossroads a few miles from the prison, and from contemporary accounts drew quite, quite the crowd. According to records, Joel's body was later buried in the prison yard in a corner where a large tree now grows. It is believed his ghost is the principal haunt. So it's mainly his that's, ghost. Yeah, 
This, He's the asshole. All right. Aside from the executions, other violent deaths took place at the prison. Of course they did. Yeah. During the 1920s, some inmates managed to escape, making their way through the lowest level. They encountered a trustee near the kitchen and murdered him. Yuck. Mm-hmm. A few decades later, practically the same scenario occurred, with a second guard being killed in the same corridor. Fucking hell. I'm not going in that corridor if I work there. Yeah, nope. Can you go downstairs again? Nope. Fuck you. Yeah, now what do you need? No, man, you go get it. Yeah, I'm good. We huh? can all go together. I'm not <laughs> going by myself. The last execution to take place at Burlington County Prison was a double bill in March of 1906. Two men, Rufus Johnson and George Small, were executed just two months after their crime. They had murdered an English-born governess at a refuge for homeless children in Morristown. more regal shit in Jersey. Yeah, but what a couple of douchebags. Yeah, no, they're not nice. Fucking assholes. Joel Clough had been arrested and convicted of the stabbing death of a woman in Bordentown. Apparently, she had jilted him, so a jilted lover, scorned. Though he managed to escape, the 29-year-old Clough was quickly recaptured and confined to the death cell on the upper floor of the prison, which is basically like... uh, um, It's a solitary. Yeah. It's like one cell. That's the one with the niches. Death row kind of thing. Niches, yeah. Yeah. The niches get stitches. A brochure given out at the museum describes the maximum security cell this way. Quote... The dungeon or maximum security cell was in the center of the top floor. That location was carefully chosen to prevent escape by digging to minimize communication with criminals in the cell blocks and to ensure constant surveillance by guards making rounds. This was the only cell without a fireplace. Ah, so fuck you, be cold. It is flanked by niches for guards or visitors and has one very high, very small window and an iron ring in the center of the floor to which the prisoner could be chained. As one might expect, tradition states that this cell is haunted. Mm. That's what they say. That's what they say. Policy of the time was to chain the condemned to a ring on the floor naked. Oh, fuck. And with no warmth either. Right? Well, I don't know if they like, I don't know, man. Like, I don't know if they were like always chained up or if it was like when they needed to go in there or like what the deal was. Didn't really, it never really states if they were constantly chained to that ring. So I don't know. It says, says, uh, accordingly, Joel's spirit has been heard moaning and languishing there and electromagnetic indicators used in ghost hunting. (laughs) (laughs) The ghost. uh, (laughs) Why do ghosts always smell bad? (laughs) That's my guess. So they, uh, these electromagnetic indicators, you know, like EMP, whatever they are, or not EMP, what do they got? EMF. Yeah. Yeah, that's it. EMF, you know. Routinely hit, they uh, they they register a hit, so they they yeah. sense something whenever they yeah, go yeah. in there. The death cell, complete with its metal ring and all the accommodations at the prison, welcome inspection. And in many cases, prisoner graffiti has been preserved on the walls. That'd be a good band name. What's that? The death cell. Death cell. Yeah, I like that. I think death cell. Yeah, oh, could be cool. Yeah, it'd be folk music, right? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Singer-songwriter stuff. That would be hilarious. (laughs) The prison now is a historic landmark and a nice museum. Oh. A fascinating fascinating place to learn about prison life. It's a fascinating place. (laughs) Fascinating. It still holds a few entities who don't want to leave. Oh. This became evident when in 1999, renovation work began on the rundown building in order to create this museum for the public. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. We got to create a museum. So the prison now, again, is a beautiful place. Okay. And thanks uh, to the uh, North and South Jersey Paranormal Research Groups and a joint effort, they investigated the prison with video, <laughs> photos, EVP equipment, and came up with some do you think, interesting results. Do you think the North and South Jersey Paranormal like people, do you think it's like, like fucking West Side Story? They're just like rumbling in the streets and shit. With their raccoons. With the raccoons. Yeah, of course. They yeah. have to have the raccoons. I don't like you. <laughs> I don't like you either. <laughs> So during the renovation work, workmen experienced some paranormal activities. 
All they right. were treated to loud noises, voices, oh. and screams from their new friends. The entities who stayed behind. The workers would find their tools missing and later found on another floor or other location much later in the day. Oh. Because the workers were une uneasy being the last ones in the building, they started to leave early, prompting the official to call in the South Jersey ghost research team to confirm or deny the claims of the now scared workers. <laughs> Boss was like, dude, we got to figure this shit out. This is ridiculous. <laughs> we're going to call these guys in. So Dave Giuliano of the shadowlands.net was in on these uh, early investigations and saw firsthand evidence. This was the first of several investigations. Oh. An apparition was seen in the shower area and a footprint in the dust was found there as well. <laughs> Obviously a ghost print. Uh, it has to be, right? Because that's what they do. They wear, yeah, they, they wear shoes. Yeah, it's a, you know. <laughs> the maximum security cell haunted by entity or entities who spent their last, by a entity or entities who spent their last nights here before being hanged. David Giuliano observed with his team that a stretcher next to the maximum security cell moved by itself and that the oh. movement sensors were set off by a force in the cell itself. Very Susan nice. Bove, okay, meditates in the death row cell while two orbs move past. Very nice. Okay, okay. Yeah. She actually meditated in there. Yeah. Yeah, well. Did they chain her up naked? I don't think so. That's the way to do it. If you're going to do it, fucking do it. Do it old school. Yeah. Go old school. If you're going to go, yeah. go all the way. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, Absolutely. The gallows which are on display are haunted by the condemned. Possible candidates may include convicted murderers Rufus Johnson and George Small that we talked about earlier, as well as others who were executed here. You gotta love old prisons and asylums. And speaking of asylums, we don't have one. <laughs> I know, I know. But all the reportedly haunted asylums that sounded awesome to us have been demolished. And, uh, you know, honestly, what the fuck's the point? You know what I mean? So, yeah. Here's There's some... still one. It's the Trenton... Trenton fucking Looney Bin or whatever the hell it's called. Now. Yeah, yeah, I've heard of that one. And uh, heard of that one. there's like abandoned parts of it, but you can't really get in there. Like you have to get permit. Like they have a lot of people like guarding it, I guess. Right. So like I didn't really. I was like, you know what? You know, fuck it. And so lastly, here probably one of the more popular ur urban legends: the Atco Ghost is said to appear when drivers honk three times. Haha. Mm -hmm. On Burnt Mill Road in the Pine Barrens, legend has it that the ghost boy haunts the site where he was struck by a drunk driver. Also, lastly. Again. Yeah, this last one was just like some quick couple ones that I found. The Hindenburg disaster occurred on May 6th, 1937 in so Manchester Township. Yes. The German passenger airship LZ-129 Hindenburg caught fire and was destroyed during its attempt to dock with its mooring mast at Naval Air Station Lakehurst. On board were 97 people. Okay, there were 36 fatalities. Though the disaster took place 77 years ago, some say that reverberations of the tragic of tragic event of a paranormal nature can still be felt around the Lakehurst Naval Base to this day, especially in Hangar Number One. And if you're not familiar with the Hindenburg disaster, just look at any. Old this is like the most famous fucking picture in the world of Led the Zeppelin. disasters, man. Led Zeppelin, isn't that the Hindenburg on the front of that? Yeah. 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 All right, so there you have some of the creepy things we could find. Where they got their name from? Huh? Is that where they got their name from? I would assume so, because it's. LZ whatever was the name of the it, yeah and it, yeah I, I don't yeah. know maybe Led Zeppelin maybe that's where they got it from that's what I'm saying yeah I don't know I don't know these things so honestly there is a shit ton more in New Jersey and uh, we saved the creepiest craziest and possibly the most tragic story we could find for last mad science murder and a lasting presence in New Jersey makes this the craziest story you may have heard it goes like this rumors had started circulating around the creepy plain building in Hudson County in New Jersey it sat by itself and seemingly none ever went in or came out. No one knew who owned it or what it, what its purpose was. That is until a mysterious fire gutted the building one night in 1974. After the fire was put out, investigators quickly de quickly depot in what? Quickly quickly depot? I don't think that's right. 
Anyway, they started to gather what was left and uh, sweep, uh, sweep away all the debris and whatnot um, without letting anyone see what was in there. However, they were not as thorough as they thought and left behind some interesting evidence that was found by curious townsfolk checking out the site after the fire. As uh, much as could be pieced together goes, and it goes like this. Apparently, the government owned the building. After World War II, the government brought over Nazi scientists with Operation Paperclip, which I've always wanted to go over. Yeah, we could, we could, yeah, maybe in the future. Operation Paperclip's a yeah. good one. That's a good one. Well, it looks like this building in Jersey played host to several of the worst. The files showed the scientists were working on some sort of biological weapon and also animal experimentation to train small animals to be weapons. They experimented with mice, rats, possums, raccoons, squirrels, moles, groundhogs, and other animals, uh, trying to find ways to train them to deliver explosives and other biological weapons. When the fire started, <laughs> there were many animals that escaped. Most of them were near death due to the mistreatment, but a local family stumbled across possibly the most disturbing pair of animals they have been test that have been tested or to have been tested and experimented with. These two animals, a male and female raccoon, showed many disturbing characteristics that <laughs> that they should not have. They acted almost human-like and communicated with series of sounds that seemed like their own sort of language. They had very little fur except for their heads. The couple put, you know, down food for them and the raccoons, you know, were fed and then took off. Nobody else saw these two raccoons, but there's compelling and creepy evidence that they existed. Wandering the streets of Jersey today, you may find yourself in some unsavory places. Within these unsavory places is where you can find the evidence of these raccoons and their existence. While you may run into many normal raccoons, you may also run into raccoons that are essentially human. They walk, talk, and wear leather jackets. They are tough and will not hesitate to cut you, as many of them carry switchblades. They generally have bad attitudes, but have been known on occasion to help you out if you're being threatened by someone from the family Pepitone. These raccoons are said to be the direct descendants of the two raccoons that escaped from that burning building so many years ago. So when you're in Jersey, just be warned and be aware of the fucking raccoons. <laughs> yes! Well, there you have it. Our first installment of Creepy Jersey. There will be another at some, at some point as we've found so many cool and creepy places and things in Jersey. Because of its age and location, there's a ton of really cool historical places there and events that took place there. We recommend checking out the history of the state. While it may have a reputation as being the garbage dump of the United States, there's actually a lot to love about Jersey, especially if you like creepy and haunted and fucking raccoons that's right dude and like haunted roads if you like haunted roads i mean apparently that's the place to be all right passengers we really hope you've enjoyed your ride with us on creepy fucking new jersey <laughs> some cool stuff man it's been some super cool stuff i love the history yeah. and stuff there especially those you know those east coast states and whatnot man. Yeah. it's just there's so much there so so we we may have noticed that there's we didn't have a movie thing today no no movie um, today. but uh, I will. I will say this: the top, the top horror movie that did take place in New Jersey is Friday the Thirteenth. That I know for sure. Okay. And I think the uh, some of the other is that where Camp Crystal Lake is? Apparently, apparently that whole thing takes place in Jersey. Huh. That's pretty awesome. Yeah. Super cool. So, yeah, and not only that, but this is a you know, relatively longer episode already. So we were like, yeah. eh, you know, fuck it, the movies or yeah, whatever, yeah. you know. So anyway, it's pretty awesome. I'm stoked about it. Yeah. You know I mean, I like, thought it was fun. Cool. I, I learned to, a lot of shit. I, I love doing the creepy. There's a lot of history in Jersey. Creepy ones, and hopefully you guys, uh, you guys enjoy them as well. Any of you Joyzy fellas out the, there? The Joyzies, fellas and gals. <laughs> I mean, it, we do have a lot of listeners that live out there. Yeah. So if you guys are familiar with any of these legends, or if you've been to any of these places, to check them out, man, please let us know. We want to hear like we love to hear like the local firsthand accounts. Yeah. 
We definitely want to hear if you yeah. guys have been to any of these places, if you've heard about any of these places. And if, we've definitely found a ton more, and I'd love to do another Haunted Jersey episode in the future. So Yeah, awesome. So what are we doing next week? I have no idea. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to be doing the Boston Strangler. Who? The Boston Strangler. Now, you guys have to know. So real quickly. Sure. There was, if I'm not fucking mistaken, hold on a second. Uh-oh. I want to check something out. Uh-oh. You could keep going with what you're saying, though. I, well, I can? Yeah, go ahead. Well, thank you. I'll bring I, it back. I I'll bring it back that. around in a second. Yeah, <laughs> so next week's episode, <laughs> we're going to be talking about the Boston Strangler. We're going to go back into the true crime area here. And it's uh, basically, it's the it's someone who uh, murdered uh, 13 women in Boston, all right, back in the 1960s. And they they say it was uh, Albert DeSalvo. Correct. And he, he kind of confessed, but then details and stuff came out that basically says that it it wasn't him, but it could be him, but they're not him. And so it's still kind of, it's, it's solved, but it's not solved. And that's what I liked about this case. Yeah, it's cool. Uh, so yeah, it's, so, it's crazy. So next week we're going to be talking about the Boston Strangler. So hopefully you guys keep your big boy, boy and girl pants on and, you know, when we dive back into some true crime. So make sure to stop over to our official website, the Midnight Train Podcast. At our website, you can buy some of that super sweet stuff that we were talking about. You know, the fecal fighter yes. t-shirts. And yes. The possibly ro- new bio, bi- biological robot Bigfoot t-shirt that i'm yeah what the hell is his name the the iron the last iron something yeah last iron worker last iron fuck it was it was epic whatever it yeah, was yeah we'll, we'll find it and listeners keep asking asking i do that every time asking how they can keep the uh, steam in our engines and help grow the steam in our engines keep more steam in our engines <laughs> well if you like what you hear from us consider Double the cold that's bitch. right Consider being a producer of the show by heading over to the Midnight Train Podcast and clicking on the Patreon button or go to patreon.com forward slash the Midnight Train Podcast for as little as five bucks a month. Now, there is a dollar ver- uh, version on there. Um, it yeah. doesn't, I, don't, I don't think you get the bonuses with that no, one. No, you don't. It's the five five and up. I think. Five and up gets the yeah. bonuses and whatnot. Um, but, you know, if you just want to help out and you're like, hey, what's a, what's a fucking dollar a month? You know what I mean? Yeah. It, it goes to us. And listen, we appreciate every red cent that comes in. So we... I seriously appreciate everything, but you can get all kinds of stuff over there, like a custom shirt, uh, you know, custom poster, custom stickers. Yeah. Uh, you know, you get the bonus episodes like the day the music died series that we just did on Scott Weiland and so many more. Um, yeah, it's really cool. So if you guys are into it and if you're a diehard midnight train fan and, uh, you want to help produce this motherfucker, our Patreon is definitely for you. For those of you that would rather leave a one-time donation because you're just like, you know what? I like these guys, but I have commitment issues. We get it. You can uh, use the email address, the midnight train podcast at gmail.com over at and everything that comes through guys we literally put back into the show so thank you also you can easily like subscribe and rate us on your favorite podcast platform and most importantly share the midnight train to everyone it takes only a couple of minutes and word of mouth is how we're going to get more passengers on this train and continue to bring me bring you weekly episodes it's it's early i had a late night last night i'm sorry for all the mumbling it's today okay buddy god it's, it's been okay. rough so we honestly just can't thank you guys enough. Now, listen, I decided that we're not going to be naming everyone that like subscribes on the, the website and stuff because we're just getting oh, too many of man. them. And it's so many. And we thank you guys for doing that. So for now on, from here on out, we're only going to be um, naming our Patreon producers. You know, okay, because I mean, they're throwing in that money in there. They're supporting it that way. And we appreciate yeah. everything you guys do out there. But I just feel that we need to, you know, show them some more love because they are doing so awesome. So if you guys want your name mentioned 
It's Patreon. That's who. That's who we're gonna do it for for now on. Okay. Yeah. So I've I've found I found what I was I found what I was looking for. Oh wow. Uh, you I, still haven't found what you're looking no, for. No, I did find what I'm looking. for. No, but that's not how the song goes. I don't care. I hate fucking you too. Well, I don't like you. <laughs> <laughs> Go ahead. Uh, so it. Oddly enough, and I know you had not planned this at all. This is why I, it was like it hit me in the old brain cavity. Okay. I was like, wait a minute. I remember reading somewhere in my research for creepy New Jersey, the Burlingame Penitentiary uh-huh. that we did, the little Burlingame prison. Uh-huh. Albert DeSalvo was an inmate there early on in his life. Oh shit. He was uh he was uh arrested for carnal abuse and held at the Burlingame County Prison in cell seven. Look at that. So there you go. Well, we're going to be talking about him and whether, and we're going to we're going to bring up Burlingame. Yeah, we're going to research whether or not uh, he is or was or is if there's someone else that is the Boston Strangler. That so. was in 1955. All right. So listen, you Patreon producers, you really have no idea how much it means to us. So I'm working on something special for y'all too. Yeah. If I can pull it off, it's going to be epic. <laughs> well, where is my drum roll? Because I want to announce these beautiful people. Let me find it. It is right there. All right. Thank you to our superhero Patreon producers, Laura Randall, Tommy Fenderbosch, Chad Flint, Cheryl Pierce, Chris McLeod, Justin Kowalczyk, Rob Webb from the Funbox Podcast, Christina Skelton, Jessica Bartolome, who are the Sisters Skelton. The sisters. <laughs> Please go check out the Sisters Skelton podcast. They're going to be the ones that give us the most shit about the Jersey. Yeah, because they are from Jersey. Yep. And if you, listen, if you listen to their podcast, you can tell. You can tell. <laughs> we love you, girls. And uh, <laughs> to uh, also to Maria Gibbs, uh, Chainsaw, Jigsaw. Oh, the There it is. Craig Spurlock, Rick Reisler, Courtney, Courtney Batchelor. <laughs> I'm sorry, Courtney. 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 Well, he said court earlier. Yeah. Maybe his name was Courtney. Maybe. And he shortened it shortened to court because he didn't want people to make fun of him for having a name Courtney. Right. As a man. So now that makes sense. Yeah. Because you know work. how they do that sometimes. Yeah. Like, you know. You know they yeah. Have, yeah. Yeah. But there is a guy. You ever seen Quick in the Dead? Yeah. There's a guy named Court in that movie. See? C-O-R-T. Court. Oh. Uh, All right, whatever. Anyway, also to Katie Brabidick and Bill Birch, if you want your name to be mentioned on the show, please become a Patreon producer. We appreciate you guys so much. And what? You missing something? Did you put our newest? Yes. Patreon member? Did I miss it? I didn't you, you mean Laura Randall? Was it in there? Yeah. Oh, it was I the missed first it. one we mentioned. Laura, welcome. Oh, and thank yeah. you so much for the support. I was looking, I was looking for DeSalvo. That's probably why I missed it. DeSalvo's not in here. I don't think he's a Patreon producer. It'd be awesome. <laughs> could you imagine how fun? Could we take his money? You know what I mean? Like, I'll fucking take his money. Oh, man. I don't know if I could. Fuck that guy. I'd feel weird about it. I'll anyway. Charge, charge him double. <laughs> so there you go. You guys are fucking amazing. It is a <laughs> long episode. I'm tired. I have a long day ahead of me. And uh, Cleaning up puke. Cleaning up. Oh. <laughs> So apparently uh, someone decided to go to um, my wife and my uh, establishment and get a little bit too intoxicated and threw up all over the bar. So thank you for that. (laughs) Yeah. And saying that, stay safe out there, passengers. And as always, choo-choo, motherfuckers. Now go home and get your fucking shine box. Your sides, your stomach turns rancid grease and pus pours out like melted cheese. You spread it on a slice of bread, and that's what you'll eat when you're dead. And the worms crawl out, the worms crawl in, the worms.
turns into maggot pie Your liver starts to liquefy And for the living all is well As you sink further into hell And the flames rise up to drag you down Yeah.